0: You got hella stories, bro. Even high school, because I know you said in high school, bro, you was racking like a bad five hundred off of beats,
1: bro. Don't get caught up in potential. Don't ever get caught up in a nigga potential. And nigga Ti was not fucking with me. He hit me with the whole. Oh, I ain't doing that right now. Dude. Damn,
0: bro, I ain't gonna lie. He's a Kevin that bitch game up the rear. <laughs> that shit threw me off. And the thing
1: I hate when niggas ask me, "What's your loop email?" Like, don't do that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't want to play the game, get the fuck out. It is what it is.
0: All right, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Today we got. Bro, this shit long overdue. Legendary producer. I ain't gonna lie, bro. I was looking at the track list, bro. This nigga, like, turnt, man. I'm talking about Travis Scott, NBA <laughs> Youngboy, YFN, Lucci, Drake, Roddy Rich, Yo Gotti, Flies, Rich Homie Quan, Mulatto. Uh, everybody, you know what I'm saying? I done fuck with everybody. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying, bro. So, I mean, let's just talk about the newest record, Cold Gangsta shit with Yo Gotti. Yeah. How that came about?
1: Man, that came about, um, I had to put a date on it for, um, for him about, like, two years back, around 2019. And so I had a bit of a relationship and a rapport with um, the head A&R over there at CMG named Dame. And so I just, you know how go, you just once you're in the dough, you just keep sending niggas beats, sending niggas beats. And um, really that's what beat that. Me and my my producer at the time, I made like like five minutes, you know, one of them quick joints, you know what I'm saying? I made like 10 at night and it was just like, that night I just wanted to make just like real simple shit. I didn't want to get too deep with it. So we made that joint and that really, you know, a lot of shit you hear on here, that shit really already been done maybe a year ago or two years ago, even maybe six months ago. So that's a track I made literally back in like 2020. You know what I'm saying? Send it out to them. And I knew back then that it was going to be a placement. They had sent me the Gotti verse and the 42 Doug verse. And originally I was going to do the whole little change up thing. But I had so much going on that I couldn't have time just to finish it and do what we had to do. But they just used the first half of it. and became what it was. I'm really dope. I really like I really like how it came out, you know, with, you know, Forever Rolling doing this part. That's my boy. Shout to Forever Rolling. And Hell who was a legend from Detroit. I've been jamming hell of a shit since he was doing dopey like Cash Out shit back in like 2013, 2015. Like he really kind of paid that whole Detroit sound. So to have all them legends on one track, that shit was just dope to me. And just how I transitioned out, the beat correlates with the song and the video. That shit was lit.
0: Oh, that's hard. So like who idea was it? Like what was the process making the record? Because you got three different songs. and like. Yeah,
1: work. it was Dame idea. Dame um, hit me up and was like, yeah, we're going um, And this is actually way before they signed the STG. So they already knew they wanted to do, like, a whole, you know, God is doing this this vibe, and then we're going to have Forty duck do his vibe. And then I knew when they threw ESCG on, I was like, okay, all right, no, forever we're going to you know, go ahead and do his thing and go crazy on it. So that was really damn idea, and it, it happened, and it came out perfectly.
0: That shit hard. That shit hard, bro. Looking at your track list, bro, what would you say, like, your favorite record is so far?
1: Each, like, big record got, like, a different, like, experience and vibe to me. Like, Keys to Streets was, like, my first platinum record, like, my first record with like a major artist and like you know that really changed stuff. I had been doing shit in Houston like in Texas for like forever like I've been doing this shit since I was 15. I had songs on the radio back in Houston in the whole area you know Texas is kind of like its own country some damn times because it's so big and we're really really independent so I had the independence scene on lock for the longest out there and so that was really like the whole wife and Lucci shit was really like my first time you know I feel like leaving the independence and going into the pros and that shit really changed my life for the better. Then, you know, then we did Every Day We Lit, and that was even bigger than what I did at first. So that that each record, like, I set goals. So it was like, okay, cool, I did this, and I want to do the next thing. So after I did Every Day Lit and Key to the Streets, I kind of wanted to, like, branch off. I didn't want to become no in-house dude where it was just like I just make beats for just one guy, and that's when I met Travis, and then I did Yo Semmy. But I think my favorite one out of everything might be When to Say Win by Drake just because it's fucking Drake. Hey. You know what I'm saying, and you know it's not a lot of producers that can just say I got a song with Drake. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying, and this based on how I nigga do everything, I do everything independently. I don't really just be, you know, i I got a manager now. I just got a manager like last year, but every place when you see me got it, really them be just me, just me doing my thing. So it just give me the, it just give me the the uh, like the motivation and the confidence to just take things higher and higher. You know what I'm saying. So I think out of all my tracks, I think when to say one my favorite, just based off I got the video. And, like I said, it's Drake, and that's, that done really correlated and built to some new shit that's going to come out, you know, in the future, you know?
0: Shit, that's hard. That's hard. So, I mean, bro, I ain't going to cap when I was doing the notes. You got hella stories, bro. So, let's really, like, start from the top. Let's go all the way back to 2010. Like, even high school, because I know you said in high school, bro, you was racking, like, a bad 500 off of beats, Yeah, bro.
1: yeah, we was going crazy. That's when I first started. Um, I had partners. It was really a, a dude. I, ain't, I don't want to call him lame, but, like, he was, like, just a nerd, and I really ain't never been like I always did music. I was in the band. I know how to play like like I know how to play every horn, all the kind of stuff. So I already knew the theory and stuff like that. And then like, you know, back in those days, you had like cats like Drummer Boy going crazy, Lil John, Manny Fresh, one of my favorite producers, but I'm a real Boosie and Webby fan. So I used to like Mouse on the Track and Nitty Beats and I you know, I used to listen to all them cats make beats and shit. So right around that time, that's when um the whole I don't know if y'all niggas know, I don't know if y'all young enough to know, but like, they had the whole little Dallas Boogie movement going on with like my Dougie, songs like My Dougie, and like, you know, artists like DeRoe, um, Fat Pimbo, a bunch of artists back in the day, even B King. B King was going crazy back then. B King was somebody we was looking up to back then because he was just, he had all the clubs on Smash. Like that was the thing to do back back at the crib is just have your songs on the club going crazy. And so we had started up my own, we are, we started up our own team called LAD to compete with what was going on. We had DJ Chose. DJ Chose was over there at Prairie View and them going crazy DJing. And we had our own DJ named DJ Allo. And we was there. I was going to TSU. Shout out to Meg. Meg went to TSU too. Texas Southern University. And right across from TSU in Third Ward is U of H. So, we, so the promotional team and the people that was doing stuff at TSU was just me and Allo over there at U of H. We came together and we made LAD. And so... At first, like, the OGs was kind of hating because we had, like, the go DJs, they was doing their thing. So we was like, man, since y'all ain't playing our stuff, we're going to just play our own stuff. We had all the college parties going crazy. We had parties damn near 15,000 plus. You know what I'm saying? Cats like Maxo, Creams coming to the parties back in the day. So everybody you see coming from Houston, I got, like, a special place in my heart for because they've been doing it just as long as I have. And to see everybody finally getting their due, it's just a blessing from Maxo, the B-King, the DJ Chose, even Lil' Jew, which was, like, the first producer I really took under my wing It was like, I am in my partner, Deezy, um, I don't know if y'all never heard of Mona Leo, but he do a lot of shit with Mona Leo. And um, he brought him to the crib and he was like, hey, this is Lil Jew. Y'all gotta, you gotta fuck with him. He dope, dope. And when I met the Jew, his beast was hard off the rip. All I just showed him was just how to move out here and just sell your shit and just you know sell yourself. You know, I like to carry myself as a rapper or just as like, you know, that nigga, because, you know, that shit sell, you know what I'm saying? You can't be too humble, but at the same time, you got to know how to play the room. You know what I'm saying? So it started off from there. We had crazy club songs going. And then, you know, I just kept building my name up in the ranks, in the ranks, in the ranks. And then one thing led to another. I met T. Ferris. And T. Ferris was a nigga that really gave me game. If you know T. Ferris, T. Ferris ain't gonna shut the hell up. He gonna just give you game, 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 game. And this is when I was, like, in and out of jail, doing shit I ain't had no business doing. Then I ended up getting on house arrest. And that's when shit really just turned around because I had no choice but to go to the studio and the crib. That was it. Like, I just, like, in the studio, literally was, like, maybe a mile or two from my crib. So me and my partner... B-Hood would literally, you know, get up every day, do what we gotta do. I go check in with my PO and I just walk to the studio and I just sit in that bitch make beats every day. And then t Fares will pull up and he'll just give me game on how to move around. He actually the first, he actually the one that booked my ticket to Atlanta for the first time ever. I ain't never been to Atlanta ever before. He booked my ticket to Atlanta. And um, it's crazy before all that even happened, like a month before that, I was in the lab with Rocco and Stack 5, Stephen Jackson, the basketball player. So I remember my, my, my dad passed when I was two. But my dad played in the NFL. He was like one of the first pro athletes in my family. And so like I remember I post him on post him on Father's Day. And this one, Stack 5 was following me. He hit me up was like, nigga, that's that that's that's your daddy. I was like, yeah, yeah, that's my daddy. He's like, nigga, that's my first cousin. I'm like, the fuck? So I found out me and Stack was cousins. So yeah, that shit blew my mind. So and we was already working on this when he was rapping and stuff like that. So he so T Ferris, fast forward, T. Ferris booked me a ticket to go out there and go fuck with Stack just to kick it out his crib, get immersed in the Atlanta culture, get to know motherfuckers and shit like that. And so I remember being out here, moving around. We went to a Blue Flame, and um, we was in the Sprinter. And I was I was, I was was fucking with Johnny Cinco, but I always heard Lucio on Johnny Cinco Records. You know, you remember the time when he was trying yeah, to, you know, put him out sure. there, put them on and shit. And um, I remember hearing, like I said, hearing Lucio on the radio right here. I think it was Wonder Why. And I was like, bro, we got to bring him to the H. And this one when he, like, wasn't even popping yet. You know what I'm saying? I'd be trying to let producers know, like, you know, you want to fuck with niggas before they blow. You don't want to try to get in the circle before they too hot, too busy. I, I try to fuck with niggas right before they make that that next step to the next level, you know what I'm saying? And that's kind of how me and Lucci played it. It's so funny because when I met Lucci, Lucci thought I was a club promoter. He thought I was a promoter because we went to V Live. I took him around the whole city, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? His people staying in my crib, sleeping on the couch, and we just built a rapport and a relationship from there. And then that same night after he um did the Takeover Tuesday with us, the whole little industry night with us, I think we had Travis Porter come out, Black Youngster, all the all the people had came out. So I was like the first thing to bring them niggas all to the city at first. This is back in like 2014, 2013. So with that happened, we went to the studio and I was working with an artist named Roger Diego, who was kind of popping. He was part of the whole TSF movement, the whole uh, Sauce Walker movement. And so we had a song called Blue Cheese. I was going crazy out there locally, and we, everybody was like, "Bro, you know he need on the song Lucci." So we took him to the studio. I remember Paul Wall pulled up. We all was at the studio vibing, and I just pulled up the shit. He's like, bro, you made these beats? I was like, yeah, bro. He's like, bro, I didn't even know you was a producer. So we just built a relationship from there. Every time he come out to Houston, he'll fuck with us, and every time I come out here, I'll fuck with him. And so I was just making beats, making beats, making beats at the time when I couldn't do nothing else but make beats. And then I remember one day he texted me. He's like, hey, bro, I got a surprise for you. I was like, what is it? And then that's when he sent me a key to the streets. And then, like I said, it's been a ghost since then, you know what I'm saying, so... I'm blessed, you know what I'm saying? But it just show you, you know, you got to make a way out of nowhere, you know what I'm saying? If I would have never came out here and did what I had to do, I wouldn't be sitting in front of you right now, you know what I'm saying? So that's lit.
0: And you going to kill This man. got like a story right now. Yeah, though, yeah.
1: Man. I got a lot of stories for y'all niggas. So
0: let's break this shit down. Let's break this shit down. So, like, explain this. Kind of, you dropped out of high school, right?
1: Yeah, I dropped out of high school. Uh, I got a scholarship playing in the band at TSU. And I, I can't. I don't wanna. I mean, I'm grown now, so I can really say what I want to say. <laughs> I know
0: what you're about. You to know to say what I'm saying. But I
1: have, I I had, 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 had got the scholarship, but you know, I never, I ain't had no, I ain't having an high credit. So my black ass, I had forged my transcript to get into TSU. That's how bad I wanted just to get out the way. You know what I'm saying? So I did the whole band thing, but band don't pay the bills. Cause you know that's when drumline was out. Everybody wanted, to, uh, everybody yeah. wanted to be in the band and do their thing. So I did my first year. I did the Honda Battle of the Bands here in Atlanta and all that shit like that. She was lit. And after that, I remember. Being at Greystone, and Greystone was like a, a legendary, if you ever heard of Big Mo, he talk about it in the song, Greystone and TSU, it's a legendary, like, college college apartment setting. So it'd be a bunch of parties going down, a bunch of this shit going down. And so I remember my weed man, he was all, and I'd never been in a big studio before in my life. He was like, hey, man, you know, I'm going to the studio after I do this. And I, he always said this shit, he dropped me off an ounce. He always said the same shit, I'm finna go to the studio. I'm like, man, let me go ahead and play it. So, nigga, I had beats on the CD, this before niggas had a flash drive. I had beats on the C. I I was like, hey, bro, check my shit out, man. If you fuck with it, you fuck with it. If you don't, you don't. So I gave him the uh, gave him City of Beats. He called me five minutes like, man. You hard, you hard. So shout out to this nigga named Zaino, OG named Zaino. The nigga took me under his wing, and that's when I just got to be in studios, and I ain't had no VSTs. I was doing all stock sounds. And so I met a bunch of other niggas who just put me on game. This nigga named Knucklehead that was doing this thing out there, too. And so they put me on so much shit, right in that hole. And this was when I was like 17, 18, so... I was like the youngest one on the block. And this one, like I said, B-King was going crazy. And I was just influenced by all the things that was going on around me. So, But I ended up being like the, the goat because I was like the first nigga back at the crib that was just doing shit on the laptop. Everybody was NPC. And I ain't knocking none of that shit because I, I, I fuck with it now too, I fuck with everything. But I was like the first young nigga on the block in, the, in, in Texas that was just, really in Houston, that was just making shit straight on the laptop in five minutes or less, 10 minutes or less. Niggas looking at me crazy. Some niggas was hate, but some niggas was saluting it, but it was what it was, you know?
0: So talk about a little bit, I know you had mentioned before, like you had to walk like a mile or two every day to the studio. Yeah,
1: yeah, that was a motherfucker. I remember these niggas, it, it's so funny because like, you know how motherfuckers have amnesia when you become successful. I remember the same motherfuckers that be dick riding and be like, oh man, I'm so proud of you. These niggas should pass me up, honking the horn while I walk into the studio. <laughs> I be like, you know what I'm saying? So when the same niggas back, Chris, and there's a lot of dick riders back home, you know what I'm saying? And it is what it is, you know what I'm saying? You know, you, you handle the fake love how you supposed to handle it. But, like, I just remember that shit just walking and just being like, man, shit got to get better. Like, shit got to get better. Like, because, you know what I'm saying? And I be trying to tell niggas, like, producers all the time, like, young producers especially, that be getting down on themselves or getting frustrated because this shit go up and down all the time. I have I have moments to this day where I be depressed or I be feeling like my shit ain't good enough. But, you know, all it takes is that one phone call or that one move just to make everything okay. So you got to really live in the moment and really appreciate them down times because trouble don't last. You know, God got a plan for all of us, and that's how I really look at it. Anytime I... And me and my partner's called the Lion's Den. You know, I don't know if you heard about the story about Dan the Lion's Den when he yeah. got, you know what I'm saying? So that's how we look at it. Like anytime I go through some form of adversity, I really look at it as a blessing because that just means that the level, the next level I pray for is on his way. God is testing me and building me up for what I want next, you know what I'm saying? Like I took a whole year off last year from making beats. Still had shit dropping shit, but I took a whole year off because I wanted to reassess things because I'm a lot older. I'm 30 now, so I'm a lot older. I'm a lot smaller and I get shit more than I do back then, really on the business side, creatively I can do shit in my sleep, but like the business side is what I really wanted to learn and assess and, and you know and get, you know what I'm saying? So with that being said, I'm back in my mode and back in my grind. Like I feel like I'm in that perfect state of mind where it's like I'm at my prime, where I'm, my, I'm young enough to, to not give a fuck, but I'm old enough to know better and you know it's up from there, you know what I'm saying? For real.
0: It's a little off topic, but I be feeling so tired, but now it's like we in a whole different generation now, so you got niggas 16 with like, 10 plaques, you feel me? Going crazy. So I be thinking to myself, I'm 22, so I be like, fuck, boy. I got like five more years or else I need to clock out or something. Man, but that's how I used to feel when like, you got to think, I used to feel
1: the same way when I used to see Metro do his thing. You know, Metro a little older now, but when Metro got on the block, he was 19 and booming. I mean, this bitch 24, 24, 23, like looking like, how the fuck, you know what I'm saying? But you know, it's about who you know about building relationships, motherfuckers getting in the right circles at the right time. You got to think, Bro and them fuck with fuck with them niggas before they, I'm not saying them niggas wasn't popping, but before they took off to that next level, right place, right time, and he networked with the right motherfuckers. So if you're a producer and you want to get in the mix of certain circles, you got to pay your dues and get in there. And and, and at the end of the day, my cousin told me some real shit back in the day. There ain't no age of success. You know what I'm saying? And, I, and, and the older I get, I'd rather have it a little bit older than young because when you're young, you blow through shit, you don't know no better. You know what I'm saying? You, you might burn bridges, you might burn money. But like I said, I'm at a time... And you, 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 you'll see it too, but like, when it comes, when it rains, it pours, my nigga. Like, when it comes, it's going to come when you need it, when you when you prepare for it. And when when it, when it's time, just, you know, like I said, there's no age of success, but opportunities don't come every time. Mm-hmm. So just look at it like that. That's how I look at it. Like, you know, I don't never get like, in that hole caught up, oh, he younger than me and he doing better than me. Because I'm pretty sure his niggas are looking at me that's like, he younger than me and he doing better than me. But when you get caught up in that, 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 that thinking and that, that, that rat that rat race shit, that's when you start losing your mojo, and that's when you start paying attention. You gotta look at this shit with blinders and just ton of vision and just focus on you. Cause at the end of the day, he might be getting it early right now. You got niggas, you got the future and them niggas in blow today was 30. Kanye didn't get his real shot till he was 30-something. You know what I'm saying? But look at him now, you know what I'm saying? And that's longevity in that. You gotta think this shit is a marathon, not a sprint. You gotta think, if a nigga pop, look at niggas like, I ain't trying to knock Bow Wow, but Bow Wow looked gassed out. And he was going crazy when we was jits, you know what I'm saying? But you got niggas who are stars now, who surpassed Bow Wow, who was probably looking at Bow Wow when he was going crazy. Like, damn, this nigga my age, younger than me, he going crazy. You know what I'm saying? So, like I said, like it's about your path. And I feel like when you taking that time to look at shit, just get your get your game plan together. You know what I'm saying? And then when it's your shot, execute. And that's how I look at this shit to the T.
2: So, what all the things you just put down and stuff with the stories, like you being on a on a more like street level and having real relationships. I feel like nowadays. A lot of producers, we don't really have that towards like, hey, let me take you to the club, let's go out. A lot of us just—that's the best way to do it. Link at the studio. A lot of us link at the studio, make beats, and then go home. We ain't really like sharing real vibes. You can't, you can't, know you mean? can't
1: do that shit. Like, like I get it, and I understand. I understand that hundred percent. But like, you gotta think. Like, even with a nigga like me, I don't want to talk about music all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, sure. I want to talk about these hoes. We could talk about getting some money. We could talk about the game. And I feel like that's the best way to build rapport. Everybody had to build rapport with as, far as and artists and artists we done did stuff outside the studio. Even my producer partners, like me and my nigga Buddha and all this shit, we go bowling and shit like that. We don't just be like, we gonna pull up and let's make beats that shit, you know? We do that every day, you know what I'm saying? And then you gotta think, this shit's all about building chemistry. And I really took a page out of like, how Dr. Dre used to move and Teddy Riley used to move. Like them niggas used to literally, like literally kick it with an artist for a whole month before they even cut records. Meaning like, they'll go to the club, they'll go do a bunch of things and you build that chemistry with a nigga and they're comfortable yeah. with you and then once you're the dough. Anything you make is they fucking with it as long as you're on the same page as them. So I encourage producers as much as you can. I know it seems kind of hard. I know some rappers can be weird, but if you know somebody that's talented and dope and got some little motion, build a rapport with them outside of the studio. You know what I'm saying? Do that shit, do that shit, do that shit because it makes everything else more easier. You know what I'm saying? You become a nigga partner and a friend. And like I said, you, and then like I said, a lot of this shit be suggestive. We all got dope beats, but it's about who's in the door with them first but they gonna think to put it on first before they put on a nigga like you? that they don't. They don't even know because they got think about the money and the bread. They gotta break down. But they, if you they partner or just cool with them, I ain't talking about buddy buddy, but just got a cool relationship. They know you a cool dude. They gonna look out for you way more than they gonna look out for a nigga that just emailed them some shit. You know what I'm saying? So don't get caught up in being in the studio all the time. Don't get fucked up. Master your craft. Do all that shit, but take the time out to handle the other side of the shit because these are people at the end of the day. Relationships are worth way more than money. I know people. I know we. I know we done all been in the motherfucking room or. Heard a song and be like, man, I could have made that beat. And about that, though, it's about the relationship and the connection that the nigga made to get the song done. And that's how I look at shit every time. Every placement I done got, it's been off me, been in a relationship with, with either the artist or somebody else close to the artist. And that's how I got my placements every time. And I admit, it's always been in the club or just on the scene. It's never been in, I ran to sing in the studio and we got, we got it in. Like, nah, hell nah. It's never been like that.
0: I ain't even, I don't even want to talk about beats no more, bro, Cause, like, I feel like even with the Buddha Bless interview, a lot of producers Like we do interviews with They don't really want to talk about Like the groundwork You feel me So like How would you say Would you say like The music scene in Houston Different from what it was Back then when you was coming up
1: When I came up I came up in like The peak To me It's it's having a resurgence right now With niggas like Lil' Jeremy OTB Fastland You got Ken the Man Of course you got Made The Stallion Travis Scott um, But there's a lot of Dope underground talent Like Guapo We got like a whole new scene coming on But I feel like our producers Are harder than our artists no disrespect. We got a, like a plethora of producers that, that are just cold as shit. You know what I'm saying? Every time they leave the state, they do big things. But it's so many, like, it's a it's a resurgence happening. You know, and like I said, people are finally, I think it took niggas like me and a couple of motherfuckers to leave the city to show motherfuckers that it was possible before. Everybody was so caught up in just being local. But I was the first nigga to go platinum in my city since Slim Thug. Like, dead ass serious. Like, before I went platinum, nobody in the city was really just, thought it was possible to move around. And I tell everybody back home to move around because Houston's one of them cities that's so big. It's a fourth-largest city, city in the country. Texas is the biggest, second biggest state in the country, population-wise. So you'll get caught up in staying in that motherfucker from Dallas to Houston, San Antonio. That's like 20 million people in one market and you don't really have to leave. That's how OGs used to do, like, S-U-C, switch your house, legendary clicks like that. They never left Texas or left that area. They, they was making millions out their trunk, just selling shit out their trunk back then. So that's how our mentality is really independent, but, it's kind of it's slowly gravitating towards, you know, expanding, moving around, and networking and build, bridging them gaps. Like, I, I love seeing, like, Lil Jermon was in the studio with Future the other day. He fuck with you know, uh, Lil Baby and all them folks like that. Max O' Cream, you know, fucking with Tyler the creator. I never th- thought I'd see the day when that shit happened, but niggas is taking them chances and moving around. You know what I'm saying? Even with B-King and Two Trains, like, I never thought I'd see no shit like that, but it's dope that niggas is taking their chances and moving around and making them moves. So I'm saying that, I'll say that to say that. It's like a resurgence coming around. I feel like it's a new renaissance, a new in the pop out the city for shit show. But I came up in the peak when, like, you know, you had, like, Mike Jones and Slim Thug and Paul Wall and Trader The Truth and Zero and so many legends, Lil' Kiki. They was doing their thing, and they was doing it on a national scale. So I feel like we slowly but surely getting back to that level.
0: All right, so I'm putting you in a scenario. I'm a producer. I'm young as hell. I'm in Houston. Like, what's the groundwork I should be doing to, like, build my name or just network without just... DM DMing a nigga and be like, hey, listen, I got beats. You know what I'm saying? Like, give me some plays.
1: Man, the plays, the plays you want to make, man. Okay, I'm going to tell you the hot spots to go to far as, like, I'm going to tell you two ways. Okay, right now, the hotspot studio to go to, the Burnham to motherfuckers in Houston, to me personally, is Sugar Hill Studios. That's where everybody record that from ESTG, Metro Boom Be There, 21 Savage, Maxo, um, everybody who's everybody be at that studio. So if you want to get to know motherfuckers and be in that circle of people, that's a good way to do it. Then another thing you want to do is hit the streets, hit the clubs and fuck with the DJs. The DJs know a lot of what's going on. You got niggas like DJ Mr. Rogers, DJ Exo, a lot of OGs like that, DJ JQ, and me in the mix. We got mixers that, that go down all the time. My nigga Big Cuz, who's, um, I don't know if you ever heard of The Man, but she's a real big, like up and coming um, female artist out of Houston. We got a bunch of those, by the way. And so like, he does mixers every week where everybody who's everybody is in the city, so. You know, you go to those mixers, you network. Who you gotta go to? Go to the Galleria. You never know who's gonna run to at the Galleria, popping shit. It's a big ass mall. It's like Lennox on steroids, and it's always rapping and popping their shit. You know what I'm saying? But our nightlife is crazy, so you always wanna hit the scene with the Seaside, the Address, um, Prospect Park. there's so many places I can name. But don't get caught. Like I said, don't get caught up in just being in the studio. Get to know these producers. Like, like I said, like another nigga that's dope out there is DJ EXO, our producer. He knows everybody out there. You know what I'm saying? So you wanna to get to know these certain producers that are doing their thing already. You gotta, you really just study, study, you no, know, do your study. And like, if I came out here, I know that, okay, Metro is that nigga, or Sonny is that nigga, or, you know, the gatekeepers, to find out who the gatekeepers are, are the city, like I said, they like, they cast like Mr. Rogers, they cast like DJ Exo, MC Beazy. There's so many people out there that people don't know back out here or any other place, but where they from, they run shit. And that's what I like to do anywhere I go. Anywhere I go, I like to at least one, go to the hood, but at the same time, I wanna find out who running in the city. And build a rapport with them. So I feel like as a young producer, that's what you want to do first and foremost. Find out what studios is popping. Like I said, Sugar Hill. That's the, that's the one that's the most popping because it's not too sterile. It's not too, like, you know, too, like, you know, you got the studios you can't even smoke in. Right. You can't even catch the vibe. It's like real, real sterile. This motherfucker ain't like that. It's like, it got a real homie feel. It's the oldest studio in the city, by the way. It's a good vibe. We got four big ass rooms. And like I said, it's somebody in there making moves every day. You can't miss if you go up there. You just can't miss.
0: Damn, bro, I ain't gonna lie. He said, can in a bit spin game, bro. <laughs> even gonna count, bro. That shit threw me off." So I, so like I know for a fact, like the people who watch our interviews, like we're talking about, you know, what I'm saying introverts. That's what you call them. Yeah. So like I know, talk about your Travis Scott placement, like how you walked up to him. And just...
1: Oh, that shit was crazy. So um, this this is when I um I had moved out here around 2017, but then my um my girl at the time she got pregnant with my with my um my second child, and so you know. I don't know if anybody noticed this shit, you know, listening whatever, but you know, when your pregnant, they, 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 they want a nest, which is basically, they want a crib, they want everything comfortable. But our, Both our families both stayed in Houston, so we couldn't be out here with the baby. And then, you know, it was just too much for her. So what I did was, when I had my crib out here still, I ended up getting an apartment back home. So I had an apartment out in Houston, and I had a crib out here, you know what I'm saying? So I remember like it was yesterday, everything gonna make sense. So like, I remember like it was yesterday, like, I saw, it on my, I saw my partner, DJ Tat-Tap, and this goes back to my LED LED DJ days. He was one of our DJs back when. Like, we had, like, 20 of them, like, all young cats. So, you know, and that's why another thing, you always got to look out for the next generation because you never know who's going to be who, and you never know who who's going to scratch your back when you need them to scratch your back. So he was hosting a, a Travis Scott slash Don Tolliver event, and I was like, man, you know, I'm going to pop out, I'm going to pull up, you know what I'm saying? So it was a private event, not a lot of people knew about it. He was like, hey, man, pull up to it. So I had bought a fresh ass fit. I went to Saks. So I bought a fresh ass Gucci fit on some nigga shit, dumb shit. But I, but my black ass didn't know the material. It had wrink basically. My shit had wrinkled, right? So I'm ironing the motherfucker, right? And I burnt a big ass hole in that motherfucker. My girl was like, "Ooh, shit, you fucked up." I was like, I "Ain't gonna lie, I'm a Libra too, so I like to look good at all times. It's just how I am." So I was like, "Man, I'm sick. I am I'm like, man, fuck this. shit, I Ain't gonna go. I'm just gonna stay at the crib with the baby and you. We gonna do what we gonna do." She's like, "Man, hell, now you gonna get up and take your ass up there, put something else on." So I put something else on. I go up there, go up there with my weed because I was still selling weed at the time because that's just I, I like doing it. It is what it is. I don't do this shit no more. But um, I go up there, pull up, and Travis ain't even pulled up yet. But I'm in the back, just serving everybody, smoking, rolling up, you no know, talking with everybody. And so I knew all the promoters from way back when. And like I said, the DJ who's DJ is my man. So I remember when Travis pulled up because it was like it was like a whole rush, right? Like I'm in the back serving all these white people weed, giving them all this weed, and all of a sudden you just. Hear somebody scream and go crazy, and then all these motherfuckers left me. I'm in the back, like, oh shit, rolling my blunt up, like, oh damn, he must be here. So I go in that motherfucker. I'm standing by the DJ booth. He come in there, and I remember talking to one of the promoters who was like escorting him over there. You know, I was like, hey man, introduce me to the just introduce, introduce me to that nigga. I want to meet him and shit. And so I walk up on him. He whispered in me like, hey, this is June James, blah, 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 blah. He did Key to Street Streets so every day we lit. He was like, oh, every day we lit my shit. That's what he said to me, like, man, you go hard, dog. Hey, you from the city, blah, 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 blah. He's like, you wanna take a picture? I was like, no, nah, I don't take a picture, bro. I just wanna get your email. I got some heat for you. And I literally had made a yo symptomy beat out here like a week ago. I mean, a week before that shit. So, and the thing is, I didn't even know that he was on that vibe. I was just like, I had some other shit I made from him that I thought that would be his vibe. You know how he got that little sound, that danger girl sound, or whatever. But like, so I had um, Gave him the five pack, man, my nigga, and literally like he's like, I'm gonna give you my personal email. So he gave me his email. I went back to the crib, sent him the five pack, and literally two weeks later, that's when we had your seventy, it was done. Like two weeks later, and this is like the last track that made the album. Like, you know what I'm saying? And then, and, and I'm I'm gonna keep it all the way buck with you. Like, I'm typing like I jam future, I jam trap shit. I, that's you know, I'm I got a more of a extended palette when it comes to music now. But back then, I was just jamming future, Boosie, Webby, like just straight nigga shit. Like yeah. we was not, I wasn't jamming on Travis Scott. So I didn't know how big he was until the shit really dropped. I was like, oh, this, this, nigga, really, this nigga really hard. You know what I'm saying? I didn't know he was going to put gun on it. the now she was fucking hilarious when the, when the vocals was lower yeah. and shit like that. <laughs> and I ain't gonna lie, everything I hear for the first time, I don't like it. Like any song I done did, the first time I heard it, I was like, man, you know how you, you got a vision or you know how you want somebody to get on the track? When I heard it, I was like, man, that shit cool. But I'm seeing everybody else vibe too. I am right Everyday Lit. I thought this shit was the weakest shit in the world. I ain't gonna lie I remember Fly playing me the song. I was just like, man, this shit corny as hell. But it, it was a mix. But, you know, when they put that promo behind the motherfucker and you start hearing this shit on the big speakers and hitting everywhere, okay, I fuck with it too. But that was the track that we made it. I heard that. I was like, man, this shit's short as hell. Like, you know, I thought it was going to be longer than that. And I'm like, why is this nigga vocals turned down so low? But then everybody else loved it. You know what I'm saying? I was like, okay, fuck, Let, fuck it. Let me just embrace it. The more I started listening to it, the more I started seeing everybody love it, it made me love it even more. You know what I'm saying? So that's how that shit happened, man. Like, if I wouldn't have to the club and I if I wouldn't listen to my baby mama and got my black ass up and went to that club, niggas would never heard your Simi or yo never got done. That shit crazy. And it's crazy how I made that beat because I had a session with Rich Homie Kwame. The night I made that beat, I had a session with Rich Homie Kwame. And I ain't gonna cap, I heard sold out her with dates by Turbo and them. I was like, bro, I wanna do some shit with some guitars too. So that shit really influenced me. So I called my guitar player up, Sheldon Ferguson. Shout out to him. He hard. He got, I think he got some shit with Justin Bieber. He just did like a year ago that went platinum too. So he going crazy right now too. So we had made like, it's like a, it's like a 20 minute loop where he just playing the guitar 20 minutes straight in that key, in that range. And like I made four beats from that loop. I made one for Ella Beezzy, gave it to him. I made one for Rich McQuon, I gave it to him. And I made something else, for somebody, like a local artist and I gave it to him. But like it was one lick that I heard in that bitch that was just the most catchy and I went back like a weeks later, and then I made that that I made that small. It's like thirty seconds. It's not. Even, it's actually shorter than that. Like maybe 15, 10 seconds. And I cut that one loop, and I made the whole beat for Yosemite out of that same long ass loop that everybody else used. That I gave everybody else. So it just happened like that, bro. I'm gonna
2: ask you a question about you talked about the Gucci fit. You know what I'm saying? Going to sex. Yeah. Uh, it's like it's always two sides in the music community: producers and artists. Uh, Zaytoven. He was the first one, he was like, hey, I'm gonna tell y'all straight up, y'all gotta put that shit on. You do? You know what I'm saying? You gotta put that shit on. So just be transparent and give your piece on, you know what I'm saying? Keep your image up as a producer or an artist. I
1: feel like as a man, period, you're supposed to keep your image up. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's like.
0: <laughs> you want some old nigga. Yeah,
1: like, Just period, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that shit's like, if you go to a drop interview, you ain't gonna go to a drop interview with no flip flops on, you're gonna have a suit on. You know what I'm saying? you gonna look presentable. I look at this shit the same way. And you know, we in the land of pop your shit, where it's like, you know, a motherfucker ain't gonna respect you unless you at least look like money. I know we hip hop is, rap is the only genre where you gotta look like you got money before you got money. If you peep gang, like, it's just really what it is. Like, rock it ain't like that, pop it ain't like that. Rap is the only shit where niggas respect you if you come in that bitch with your own shit. I ain't saying just go crazy and buy, wear fake drink. I know niggas would be going to Metro Mark, buying fake shit, you know how it go, niggas wearing fake, don't do all that shit. You can stay in your lane. I was h and it the whole time, you know what I'm saying? Like stay in your lane, yeah, crazy to you. put, put, yeah, put that shit together, you know, and just look, you know, simple and look good and look presentable. You know what I'm saying? It's levels to everything. Cause they're going to know you got some fake shit on, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? But if you're true to yourself, always, you know, be clean cut, always be played. But at the same time, it also depends on who you fuck with. Like you, if you in that whole genre of rap, that's like real, real, like hip hop, boom bap, you know what I'm talking about? Like them niggas who don't give a fuck. <laughs> uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? That's your lane. You know what I'm saying? That's what it is. But at the same time, Still still be fresh, you know what I'm saying? I feel like that's the way that's the way to move at all times. Like present, presentability is key. And I'm big on popping my shit. So I'm always gonna I'm gonna stop with A on that shit and go to like, you know, look like something at all times, you know what I'm saying? Don't be too soulful with it, but at the same time, there's nothing wrong with looking like it. Makes shit a little bit more easier. It always made it easier for me.
2: Mm. Hell yeah, yeah. You heard that saying, they said, I hear what you're saying, but I see what you're doing.
1: Right. Right. That's, so that's facts though. They respect it more. Because they feel like, okay, he must be out here going to really get it. He got some money, he doing something. You know what I'm saying? So it just makes it a little bit more easier. That's, that's how it was me and Luchi. Luchi thought I was a whole promoter doing some other shit. He ain't even off producing. It just made this shit a little bit more easier. Because he's like, man, he my type of nigga. He fly. It, it, niggas do the same thing, bitches. You know how bitches won't hang out with a bitch that's ugly? Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, the, for real though, that's how bitches be thinking. Okay. Like, she, her, no, she weak, I ain't gonna fucking, You know what I'm saying. Bitches like hanging out. Pretty bitches like hanging out with pretty bitches. Fly niggas like hanging out with fly niggas. It is what it is.
0: So going back to like the Travis Scott situation, I already know, like, after asking that nigga, you know, like, what's your email? Woo-woo, when you get that shit, your confidence gotta be at an all-time high. Nah, for sure. So, like, have you ever like faced rejection in these situations where you walk up to an artist and be like, let me see. Man, beats? I ain't gonna
1: lie. One time. One time only, but at the same time, I always I also know how to play shit too. I don't just, you know, I ain't gonna just walk up to anybody. But everybody, you know, I can honestly say, it, not no, no cap aside, like, everybody done walk. One artist, bro and it's ironic, cause they ain't no doing shit from like a year later and it was TI. And nigga TI was not fucking with me. Like he hit me with the whole, "Oh, I ain't doing that right now." And then talked to my manager and it was all like the security was all extra. I was like, "Oh, shit, my bad." Like I was just trying to know. And this is when I had some shit going on. This is like right, I think right when yo did drop and I'm feeling myself already. I'm like, "You know, let me approach, you, bro." Yeah. Bro was not having it. But then you look crazy cuz like a year and a half later, I'm on a, he had like an album called Libra and I did something song with him called Half a Ticket and another song with him called Parting with him a little baby. So Shit still ended up working out, and it's crazy because I ran into the nigga in this, uh, at his studio, and I told him the same. She's like, "My bad, bro. I was having a bad day," you know. And she's like, "Cap, whatever." You know what I'm saying? But it's just like it is what it is. I didn't take the shit personal. I was just like, oh, "Okay, you know, it is what it is." That was the only rapper to ever like do some. I ain't gonna even call it weird, but like you know, just was like on some rejection shit. You know what I'm saying? But every other situation, I've always known how to play the room. A lot of times, I won't even go up to the rapper unless it just makes sense and it's comfortable and it's a good atmosphere and I got proper representation. I'll go after his manager or a partner of his, you know what I'm saying? And like a lot of times in these circles, especially because I'm I not saying I'm a street nigga or nothing like that, I'm out of gangster, none of that shit, none of that shit, but like I got a lot of people who I'm really cool that is and and they, they love me to death. So besides my my cousin, Nephew Texas boy, that's my cousin. He done put me in a lot of circles with a lot of motherfuckers that helped me do a lot of moves and, and a lot of situations. So like I said, it goes back to who you know, and just like I said, playing the room the right way. Like I met, how I got the shit with Drake was um, through my old assistant, Kelsey, and she had, it was my birthday. Around my birthday time, I went to this club called the Highlight Room in LA, which is a lit ass spot. Everybody who's who was in it was in that bitch. Like, I think LeBron was in that bitch. Future was in that bitch. But like, I met Ovio Rocks right then and there. I met Preem and Ovio Rocks, and Preem was kind of like, I ain't gonna call it Hollywood, but he was just in his mode. You know what I'm saying? But Rocks was like, oh yeah, you know. And yes, what it was. Preem was like, Prem kind of rejected me. He was like, oh, ask what's up, bro. You got beats, What's up? I was like, bet. Don't even worry about it. You know what I'm saying? But then Rocks was like, oh no, nah, I, I fuck, I fuck with you, bro. What's what you got going on? Like I said, I had got cool with rocks. A month later, I made I made the, the When to say When big. to say win to say win for for McMill. Actually, the whole sample I made it for McMill. That was my, that was my vision. But I like I said, I sent, I sent the nigga rocks a five pack. I remember going to V Live and not even V Live. It was called Crazy Bull. And this is this is a funny ass story. I'm gonna tell you one more story. So like I had just came back from the H. I had a ten piece to pick up out here. So I go pick up my money from my partner who owe me some money or whatever. A little quick little ten k. Right when I pulled up in my driveway from, come from Houston, DJ Eric and the DJs at the, at, the, at the club was like, where you at, bro? A bunch of people called me from Houston, like, you know, who all do their think in Houston. It was like, like, well, where you at, bro? I was like, I just got back to Houston. And this is like, I'm like on fire back at the crib, you know, big deal shit. Yosemite came out, Put A Dead In It came out. Every, all these hits that came out consecutively, you know, even the ones like the ones that wasn't like big records, like the shit with Roddy Rich. Everything was just crazy. So I'm popping, right? So they was like, man, you gotta come back, man. We got it's time to put that major play together. You know, all the little niggas who, you know, you know, rabbit, like everybody was like, yeah, come back to Houston, bro. We got introduced Thug out here, Andre got here. We gonna make, you know, make sure you meet everybody, blah, 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 blah. So nigga, I get excited, right? So I get a 10-piece, I go straight to the mall, buy some shit, book me a flight, turn around. I keep my eyes only in Atlanta for like an hour, hour or two. I get right back on the flight back out there, right? Nigga, I go to the strip club, I give me about 5,000 racks. I mean five yeah, five racks. And I'm I, I got all my niggas with me and shit. The DJ talking about, man, I'ma play all your hits, man. He gonna be in here, I'ma put it in his face, then we gonna, then we gonna you know, give you the right representation. Right You're gonna do all we go. Man, that nigga played one song about me, bro. And long so short, nigga never introduced me to Drake the whole night. I was in that bitch big mad. I was like, man, these niggas got me fucked up. Like, you you know, I could have been in one, I spent all this damn money trying to cap and pop my shit, you know what I'm saying? Two, my nigga, like, I could have stayed in Houston. Three, I mean, I I'm the GOAT back home. Like, what the fuck y'all doing? Why y'all playing with me? So. And like I said, keep in mind, the week before that, I had just met OVO Rocks, but OVO Rocks wasn't there at the time when I came to Houston. So nigga, I come home big, mad, sick. You know what I'm saying? I pop a perk. I made, I made, and, and I, I remember, I remember like it was just, I landed, I piloted picked people up in the airport. I made that, when to say when I was like, man, I know Meek fuck with me and shit. So, cause I was fucking with Dallas uh, Martin real hard. I still do. That's when he was at, Meek was at Atlanta. I think he still was at Atlanta, but Dallas was running shit over to Atlanta. He's like, man, send me some shit for Meek. So I made that beat for Meek. I was like, man, I did meet bro from OVO in LA two weeks ago, bro. Let me just go ahead and just call in this sim five pack, man. I shit you not, nigga. I made that beat, same like three other beats in the pack. I was on perk and a half, like I I was I was out of there. So and I was tired too. I went to sleep, woke up the next day. I had like 20 missed calls from Toronto numbers I ain't never recognized in my life. I get on the phone, it's OVO rocks, man. You done, bro, give me the track outs, bro. That nigga, he fucked Drake, fucking with it, man. He he want he want the song now. I'm like damn, you know what I'm saying? So. I'm just telling you, I say that to say, I say that story all the time, let niggas know that like, one door might close, but the other one gonna be right around the corner open. You just gotta be ready for the situation. So, like I said, like, I, I experienced rejection at that time from niggas from my own city, right? And that could have had me, you know, if a nigga had an ego, or, you know, felt too big for himself, that shit could have took me out the game and just had me in my feelings, you know what I'm saying? But I just picked myself back up, you know, knew the relationships I already had developed and tapped into them hoes and shit, we got to win the same win record and, that, and me and Rock's been rocking ever since.
0: You ever like take shit personal at some point? Cause I feel like I always, like, I used to take shit personal was, all the time. But how old you is? Twenty
1: two. Yeah, you gonna take shit personal at twenty two though. But you, you, I'm telling you, as a nigga older than you, I'm like eight years older than you. You know what I'm saying? Don't take it personal.
0: That's yeah. how you feel it like. Oh but God. it be industry shit. You yeah, feel? yeah.
1: But 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 the it, end day, it's key word is industry shit. You gotta learn that, you gotta learn that everything ain't personal. It's business, and that's how a lot of people look at it. You gotta think a lot of people who in the industry have been jaded, meaning like they have been in a lot of situations where they gotta have tough skin. And you're going to turn that, too, because I'm the same way. Like, I ain't saying I do whole shit at all. I do nothing but good business, but I know I, I can read the room fast, and I know where my time is valuable. You got to think, on your journey through this shit, bro, you going to be so many motherfuckers that do what you do or want to do what you do. you going to be so many motherfuckers that rap and this shit. this shit becomes second nature, and, it, and shit gets repetitive. So, like I said, it goes back to dressing fly and doing having shit, just having ways to stand out from the rest. You know what I'm saying? When you don't stand for rush, you kinda of feel that way where you feel like, damn, nigga getting shitted on, nigga getting slided on. But all like I said, all that shit is, is to build you up. You know what I'm saying? It's really to see how bad you want it. It's called paying your dues. Like I said, I've been doing this shit since I was 15, 16, bro. I can't I can't tell you how many times I was in my feelings. I can't tell you how many times I was on the phone with an older nigga talking shit like, man, you got me fucked up. I'm the nigga, you know what I'm saying? Real shit like legends. I used to get on the phone with real legends and talk shit to them niggas and like, you know what I'm saying? You know, like real shit, because I was just impatient in one of my time and one of my, you know, one of my just do, because I knew what I was capable of, but the world ain't seen it yet. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I'd say that to any young nigga who just ever feel like that. My nigga just keep trucking, keep pushing and surround yourself around love at all times. And, you know, and always remind yourself that this shit is, like I said, is a marathon. It's a, it's a journey. You're supposed to go through these situations, growing pains, because if you don't, you ain't going to never know how I feel when you do fall off or if you not fall off, but if you do experience some kind of hardship, you ain't going to know how to handle it. But never take nothing personal, my nigga, because you'll talk, you'll talk yourself, you'll talk yourself out the game. And it takes so much energy to be negative and to focus on the negative. I don't know if you ever argue with somebody, like like, like really argue with somebody. You after you done you feel so exhausted and drained, you be like, man, what the fuck? And you realize, bro, I just gave this motherfucker all this time I could have got me some money, I could have got me some pussy, I could have did all these other positive things instead of arguing with this one at one nigga, you know what I'm saying? And I'm telling you from experience, I used to be that nigga, I used to fight every battle, bro. But the older you get, you just get more strategic with your time and your energy. You know what I'm saying? And I'm telling you, so much shit comes good. L.O.A. is a motherfucker. Your law of attraction is a motherfucker. So the more shit you put in the air that's positive and good. And I'm not saying be no whole ass nigga and let everybody run over you. Fuck no. You know, when it's time to speak up, for shit, so speak But I know how to sit back and just study the room. Okay, you do that shit, I put you in the box. I know I'm going to handle you from a distance. I remember Rick Ross in the song. Instead of beefing a nigga, I just give him some distance. And instead of me getting mad at motherfuckers, for maybe pulling the whole move, cause that shit happens every damn day. Niggas do weird shit all the time. They ain't gonna never stop. They it on Jesus, nigga. You don't think they gonna hate, ain't gonna hate on you, they gonna hate on you too. They hate on. They hate on the most perfect human being oh, on the planet, bro. Deep, you know what I'm saying? So you, you, you gonna go through hate, you know what I'm saying? And we made in his image in the, in the day. So expect that shit, my nigga, but handle that shit with grace. It's called grace. You know what I'm saying? Handle that shit with grace. No pressure, my nigga. Like, let it, at, at the end of the day, that nigga gonna feel stupid as hell for popping off with you when you move with Grace, cause you, you show that shit just roll off your back, you know what I'm saying? And that and, and happens to me so many times, I can't even tell you how many times niggas done said some whole ass shit to me, did some whole ass shit, and they came right back around, man June, man you that nigga bro, I was tripping back then, cause I didn't, I didn't take it there with them, and I'm still steady climbing the ladder. Man, you know what I'm saying? You a lying bro, don't entertain these sheep, you know what I'm saying, for real. So like don't ever get in your feelings about none of this shit bro. The only thing you supposed to be like, One thing you put in your feelings about is your family and your loved ones, bro. Mm -hmm. We passionate about what we do for shit show, but at the end of the day, fuck these folks. (laughs) That shit ain't gonna pay none of the bills.
2: Can you like more clearly for the audience of people that kinda already have fans and they need to actually uh, respect their brand and their image? Like, can you more describe like the black ball game?
0: Oh yeah, oh
1: the black ball game is for real. That shit is very, very, very real. Don't burn, don't burn, don't burn no bridges, bro. Don't burn no bridges with nobody, man. Like, keep a cope aesthetic. And if you can't, and that's why some people have managers as buffers. Because some people just don't know how to talk to motherfuckers. And, and me, I'm a people person. I know how to talk to anybody. You know what I'm saying? I like to talk. As you can see, I talk my ass off. But, like, some people just don't know how to, like, separate the two. You know what I'm saying? I know you've seen artists got ball because they was popping their shit off. And some people have the ability to come back, but that's called, that's because motherfuckers be having damage control, PR teams, and people that be looking out for them in case they fuck up. You yeah. see celebrities do it all the time. <laughs> They'll, yeah. they'll say some crazy outlandish shit, then they gotta find somewhere to get back in the good graces of the folks and shit. Don't ever put you in a position where you gotta play catch up, my nigga. Because like I said, in the end of the day, it really ain't worth it, my nigga. Like, like, like I said, don't get caught up in your feelings, because motherfuckers will blackball you, because just like, just like you making beats, it's 15 other motherfuckers that want your spot, that will kill for your spot. You know what I'm saying? And we are. I'm not trying to say, we not blessed, we not cold, but we all replaceable, bro. Like at some point, I'm just being 100, like it's a like you said, it's a 16 year old nigga, 10, 10 blacks. Okay, bet. It's about ten other motherfuckers. So what you wanna do, somebody else will kill the dude. You know what I'm saying? And you don't wanna get nobody that's that that inch, you know what I'm saying, over you. So stay clear of the black ball shit. Watch what the fuck you say on the social media platforms, watch watch how you present yourself, how you know, how you brand yourself, how you move, and really watch who around you at all times. Cause motherfuckers around you will hype you up to be some shit that you not, gas you up to be something that yeah. you not. And the minute you fall off, the minute you tell them niggas no, they 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 chuck induces on you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Keep keep a stay insulated circle of real motherfuckers around you. Not that many. You don't need to have a lot of motherfuckers. I used to have a lot of, like 20 people, 30 people around me. I knew a lot of motherfuckers couldn't love me. You know what I'm saying? Ain't no way in hell. I can count on my hand how many motherfuckers I can call and depend on. And maybe two I could really, really truly depend on. If I if I'm fucked up, fucked up, that got my back, that won't talk shit. You know what I'm saying? Cause everybody gonna talk shit if you fall off. So you gotta really hold your nuts motherfuckers and really keep shit moving. But like I said, don't all that blackball shit, that shit lame, because when it come to it, it's on you, you know what I'm saying. Life is what you make it. Like that nigga Metro Post, this shit like this shit like the WWE, because it really is. There's a lot of theatrics in this shit. I didn't see I didn't motherfuckers turn shit into gold based off of their bag being long and on to promote this shit. You know what I'm saying? You can't go up against a machine. That's why that niggas signed to labels at the end of the day. Uh, you can get it independent all you want, but it's certain it's, it's certain things that labels can do for you that you can never do for yourself based off relationships that have been grandfathered in for decades. You know what I'm saying? Why work hard? Why work hard when you can work smart? You know what I'm saying? So play the game. that's, that's what it's for. Like if you don't want to play the game, get the fuck out.
0: Yeah. It is what it is. Let's talk about why I found Lucci a little bit because I know you just said um you really just recently got a manager.
1: Yeah.
0: But I mean you then you, like you had a publishing deal. What was the situation with that? Like you secured I said, the whole deal.
1: Yeah, I, I did a publishing deal. Really, it's so crazy because I really did it out of love for Lucci. Like at you know, when we was cool, like we we went our separate ways. You know, how, I be one hundred and she like egos came in the way of, you know, of of us being who we wanted to be mm-hmm. as far as like a, a duo, right? Because he felt like he made shit pop and I felt like, nigga, I'm hot. And so we even butt, butt heads a couple of times. Being 100 was square business, you know what I'm saying? But I feel like, I ain't gonna even say a, a battle was won, but I feel like I rose above it harder and better because without those... Like I said, the, that that adversity of niggas, like I had one point, this nigga even told me to my face, and this after we made hits together, like nigga, you a fan, nigga, like you ain't shit. Like, like those type of arguments we had. Yeah. And I remember sitting in that trailer, and this was, when I, this was before I even knew what I was gonna do next. I was like, man, you got me fucked up, I'm finna show you. And so I, I coulda I let that shit eat me up, coulda got my feelings, whoop, 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 you know what I'm saying, and, and never made another hit again. And be like, man, fuck this, fuck this music shit, you know what I'm saying, which so many niggas do, they get in their feelings and feel like, no, no nigga. I stood back and I remember my OG was like, "Man, just stick and move, stick and move." So I sit back. I was like, "Bet I'm gonna show you that nigga I'm popping, nigga." So boom, I just it was just it just started raining down on me. I, like I said, I could I could went the negative way, but I put I put positive energy into the air, and that, my LOA was stronger than his. Being 100, nigga didn't have a hits. The, nigga didn't have no hits since that wet shit. But that, I feel like that was forced still, and still any hit that he he got, and I'm not talking shit. I'm just be you checking the scoreboard.
2: Yeah.
1: Any hit he got, it pales in comparison to the shit I done did. You can't say he got a song with Drake can't say he got a Billboard number one record with Travis Scott, he not Grammy nominated, I am. You know what I'm saying? Like, just being 100, like, and it is what it is, you know what I'm saying? And his story just goes to show you that you got, you can't run these crazy ass circles because you'll crash out. You know, Brad had no business doing what he was doing, he was around what he was around, just being 100. You a rap star, you know what I'm saying? But niggas get caught up in the allure of the street life. I let that shit alone, bro, because that shit was not for me, you know, and never will be for me. I want to elevate, I want to be great. And And I wish the nigga the best and I hope he, Hope everything that he got, you know, everything worked out for the better. Cause the nigga got kids, and he an amazing father. You know, he a talented artist, a good, you know, and, a, and an all around good nigga. Cause it's so crazy. Cause like we squashed our beef, literally a year before year before that shit happened. So we never got time to get back back in the mode of working together and you know building chemistry, and getting fucking around. But it took me to be the man I knew I could be for niggas to even come back around and salute me and give me my you know give me my flowers. But like I said, I signed that shit because originally he wanted to sign me for. A measly ass $7,500. He wanted me to sign the YFN. And I was like, nah, bro, I can't do this shit. I make $7,500 in a week doing what I do. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Just being 100. I've always been like that. And then and this is actually a, when I was during, going through a downtown, I was sleeping on my partner couch, but I still had money. But I was just trying to figure out what my, what my next move was going to be. So I could have like, been on some desperate shit, like, man, I'm going to get off my nigga' couch. I don't want to be here. And I was like, man, I'm just going to hold my nuts. It's all good. And then, at the time, I was so caught up in like, what I had going on. I even know Key Streets was doing what it was doing the entire time. I'm just like, I'm like, okay, these niggas is playing a song because it's produced by me in the club locally. But it wasn't until I was like making moves in the Bay Area or going to like, going to a party in Dallas or just traveling around the country. I'm hearing this song everywhere. I'm like, damn this bitch is a national hit. It's going crazy and shit. So I remember he wanted to sign me. But at the same time, it was like a bidding war. I had like Warner Brothers want to sign me. They wanted to give me, and this was before Everyday Living came out. This was in the back burner. It wasn't even out yet. I think Warner Brothers wanted to give me a hundred bands. Uh, so only want to give me like 125 for the pub you know all that shit like that. But I signed with TIG for an undisclosed amount simply because I thought that me him one is independent. And I fuck with it and I saw how they did with Rich Homie. And that was one, that was one of my favorite rappers before. You know whatever happened, I and mean, that's still my nigga and you know still one of my favorite rappers to this day, just based on what he did. But like I was like, man. I'm always down for the, I always, I always look, look I, I like the underdog situations. I don't wanna be a part of nothing too, too messy where I get lost in the sauce and shit like that. I wanna be the main producer over here, just say main artist. We can take off, do what we gotta do. And never transpired like that, but that was the goal. You know what I'm saying? And I don't regret no move I ever made because, like I said, I learned a lot from the situation. So, I ended up doing a little publishing deal with TIG, which I'm still in right now. Damn it, over with. But, you know what I'm saying? I'm really excited because I done built my catalog so bossy since then that the next deal I do get, it's going to be like that boy, like that million dollar boy, that, that that crazy motherfucker, you know what I'm saying? And I've been able to live and and live good off of the shit I done did based off of just being independent and moving on my own, you know what I'm saying? So that's how it really happened. I signed a T.I.G. really based off of love for fucking Waluigi. And it's so funny because he didn't even like that shit. He was like, nigga, you jumped over me and went to fo- go fuck the plug. And I was like, nigga, I thought we was a family, you know what I'm saying? But I didn't know, I, I didn't know what it was because I, no, I ain't from Atlanta, I didn't know how messy it was so I came out here.
0: It is what it is. Damn, man, that shit. It's deep. crazy. So I mean, talk about like, cause I talked to we had we did a uh, interview with DJ Kid. He was talking about, bro, I would DJ and throw my own parties and shit. And you really like put yourself in a position to bring network to you yeah. and shit like that. So like, I don't know, man. Like, what, 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 like, I don't know what I'm really trying to ask, but like, DJ and shit, like,
1: that shit go hand in hand. That was the, like the DJ is the middleman between you and the artist. the crowd and the artist. And like I said early in the interview, that's how. I built my name up. Like, real talk, like I said, it was um, it was a bunch of young niggas like 18, 19, 20, 22 and like at the time the hottest DJ Coalition was the go DJs back at home. Uh led by DJ High C and the OG Ron C like that and they had like the city on lock. So like they wasn't playing none of our shit. They was they was only playing I'm not saying they was dick riding, but they was like playing the OG shit, nigga shit, and niggas who were spending bread, you know, spending like thousands, even like even they was they was playing bullshit records cuz niggas was giving them money to play. You know how it go? So we was like, man, how can we just change the game? We was already throwing parties and doing our own thing. So we just put everything together and we created like a whole new ecosystem that was undeniable, that they couldn't, they could not to the point where we became, we became peers with them niggas where they had to let us in. You know what I'm saying? So that like, like, that's what we really did. We used the DJ and we used that shit to make our own music. And this one, that was going crazy. I remember mean, I had a mixtape, I'm finna drop one at the end of this year, but I have a series called You're a Genius. But the first one I dropped, that did, that bitch like 50, 50K. In like a like two days off that piff. That's when we knew we had. But that, all the fans we built through just the college circuit, just fucking with the colleges. Like in the Houston radius alone, you got you got Rice University, you got Prairie View, you got Texas Southern, you got U of H. Then right up this fucking street, you got you got uh, UTSa, Sam Houston State. So many colleges around there that got both little, both little college kids and girls that want to twerk and do all that shit. So then we got South by Southwest too. So we was just bleeding all these markets and taking our show on the road everywhere we went and we really controlled our own market, and they couldn't stop it, my nigga. Like The first song we did, made it on the radio, faster than any, I mean, back home in 97.9 The Box, it was a song called, So Why Do I Be Killing? You can Google it. It's funny as hell. It's called, Why Do I Be Killing? And I had made a bunch of songs with this group called Young Nation, one called Pimp, and another one called um, Shorty What's Up. But like, they was like, Young Nation was like, I'm not going to say the Migos, but it, like they was really TikTok before TikTok. They was doing a lot of them dances and shit before anybody was doing this shit. If, if, the, if, the, if, the, if the niggas was doing this shit, If TikTok came out back then, they'd be fucking mega stars, But it was just ahead of their time. But like, they was kicking ass locally and shit like that. Just on the whole little circuit and shit. So that's how we made our name. Just playing our own shit and controlling the market. You know what I'm saying? If if they ain't ain't going to let you in, you got to just find a way to do it it for yourself. And that's what we ended up doing. And like I said, they, they used to have industry nights too. But they shit died down when we came up. And it was just like this. And we was the hottest shit on the block for like at least three or four years until I... Until I, I was like, man, I want to take shit to another level and do something nuts, do something new. Because my niggas who, who at the time who was doing it, who I was doing it with, they was comfortable with just the local fame and the local success we was getting. But I've always been the nigga in my clique, and every clique I've always been I've always been the nigga that just had bigger dreams. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's so crazy because like my partner DJ Allo, who was the main DJ back then, was kind of the face of everything. I was kind of the nigga behind the scenes putting everything together, along with the music and shit. But I just remember them niggas getting so caught up in like the hoes and the little money that we was getting and the little the you know, little local shit we was getting. The niggas already knew back then I, already, I was going to be who I was back then because I was the one that was working the hardest and I, I was the one that got, it, got the shit for what it was. Like, okay, this is just temporary. This is a stepping stone. We need to do this shit bigger. And we actually just used to get into arguments about it because they not seeing what I'm seeing, but I can't show you. I can only I can only do it to show you what I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying? And now because we're we the, we the best of friends. We didn't talk for years until like maybe a couple years ago. You like, bro, I ain't gonna lie. You was right. You know what I'm saying? Shit, it is what it is. You got some motherfuckers ain't gonna know what the fuck you got in you until you show them what you got in you.
0: So I feel like this this next like uh topic leading to what we are talking about breaking the artist. Like I feel like when it comes to producers, like we all know like the big gold pot is like breaking in with an artist. You right, feel me? Right. But like I feel like it's more, it's deeper than just I right, you hard. You got a little following. following I'm gonna just make beats like. I feel like at some point you probably have to help promote that artist yeah, or make you got, moves yeah, and you'd shit. You'd be crazy. you and
1: you'd be crazy if you didn't. And it goes back to what I was saying earlier when you build a rapport and build a relationship because motherfuckers will really appreciate that shit. Some niggas is hoes. Don't get it fucked up. Some niggas will forget about you. Okay. <laughs> no, <care. laughs> no you, we we know it, but this there, no, but there's some genuine motherfuckers in the bunch too. You know what I'm saying? And You, and you really just know that based off reading people. You know what I'm saying? You gotta be a real good judgment of character. You know what I'm saying? Success changes everybody, but people with good characters it doesn't change them too much, and you notice know the difference. You know what I'm saying? But um. Nah, that's big, like, like you know, we're in an era right now where everything's at your fingertips. I came up a little bit before that. I came up, like, right when Twitter was popping and Instagram was just on the map. Niggas was just not leaving Facebook. That's when I came up, you know what I'm saying? So, a lot of shit, we had to go out in the streets anyway to go see what the fuck was going on. We had to hear about, you know, word of mouth. But, like, right now, it's so many so many motherfuckers doing their thing, and technology is so much more savvier that you can go out there and find your artists who maybe got 20K following or 30K following and you know, tap into they, tap into what they got going on. And like I said, why you doing this the entire time, my nigga? Don't just don't just do the music side, bro. Like read upon business. Read upon like, you know, I at one point I was wearing many hats so I could just focus on just making beats. Nigga, I was I was making the artwork, we was doing the marketing, we was doing everything back in the day. Now I can just sit there and make beats now, but I know every walk of life because you gotta learn that shit. You gotta be multifaceted. You know, you know, of course be a master of one trade, but you gotta be understanding and read all the languages of what else is going around, going around you, you know what I'm saying? Be, to, to be able to put a team together, be able to delegate down and know what the fuck you want out of a motherfucker. So, like, get with the artist that, you know, that's popping and doing anything, but they were at it. don't get caught up in potential. Don't ever get caught up in a nigga potential. That, that was one, probably one of my biggest problems back in the day. Like, I had that same shit. You know what I'm saying? Where you, where, you like, where, where you believe in a nigga more than he believes in himself.
0: Oh God, bro. Don't
1: never get caught up in that. He gotta, he gotta really, the nigga gotta really eat, breathe, and shit this shit. Like, he gotta be hit in him, like, and not, and like, he don't need to be caught up. I had an artist like I want to be on World Star. I want to be a World Star. Like, bro, fuck World Star. Like, so much other shit we need to be focused on doing. Like, like lame shit like that. Like, why I don't why why, why I ain't verified yet? Like, nigga, fuck that. We gonna get there. Like, focus on making this this good ass music and building up a following. Then I had another nigga who was so caught up in looking like it, but the nigga, music was one was this rudimentary. I, but I believed in my like, bro, you got it if you just lock in. But he didn't know how to build up a fan base. He didn't know how to. But but he wanted to go buy fake jewelry at the mall and wear, 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 wear fake designer and look like it and chase hoes, but he wasn't focused on mastering his craft. Right. He, so many of these motherfuckers, it takes a perfect storm of, like I said, like, I remember T Ferris first told me about Meg. Meg knew she knew, Meg had a plan for her career before she even became who she is today. She knew who she wanted to be. She knew, she knew her demographic. She knew how she wanted to dress. She knew her scheme, her slogan, her campaign was already set. That takes a special artist. And like, you'll know it. You'll know him when you see him, bro. Cause he gonna inspire you to get up on your ass and be like, man, okay, I'm with it. Like, I'll, I'll follow you to the ends of the earth. But it would be some of motherfuckers be like, man, you fire ass rapper. You can just get this one thing. You can just get this one thing down, bro. You be fire. Man, fuck that shit. Don't ever get caught up in niggas potential, bro. Cause
0: everybody rap. But I learned that shit the hard way, like back in home. We all do. Yeah, we all weird. do, bro. I that shit the hard. You be wondering, the like, life. why is
1: this nigga still here? And then you meet them and you vibe with them for six or seven months. You be like, nah, I get it. Nah, that's why you here. Bro, you don't like, want to. You don't want to be there. You don't want to be there. That shit like like your be
0: whole there. vibe with anybody else too. It's like, man, I lost faith in niggas. Man. And the
1: thing is, it, social media does that to motherfuckers. So everybody wants instant gratification. Nobody sees the steps that's put in to become the people that you follow and you admire. They don't, bro. They just be like, oh, I want to be just like him. I want to sound just like him. And that's nothing. Go for a nigga who got a different sound yeah. because that shit's gonna. <sighs> That's just going to jump over all the carbon copy shit that you see all the time. Like, go for a motherfucker who's different at all times. Go for a go for motherfucker who's against the grain, who knows himself and really loves this shit. Like, who wants to master their craft. I remember I remember hearing about Don Tolliver back in like, 90, 90, I mean, 2000, 2017. I knew then he was going to be a star because he was different. He had a different sounding. He truly loved the game. Like, he loved what he was doing. It wasn't just about... I'm rapping cause I wanna be seen. I'm rapping cause I so I can get some hoes. I'm rapping because I want some followers, and views, I wanna be popular. And you meet a lot of motherfuckers who rap for the wrong reason or do music for the wrong reasons. And that's, that separates the okay niggas from the greats. Even the most, even even the most motherfucking street nigga that you see that's popping out here loves the game. Like a nigga, nigga like Moneybag Yo loves the game. Facts. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Niggas like Jeezy back then, he rapped like a motherfucker, he trapped like a motherfucker. Them niggas love the game. Nigga like Future. Loves the game. He might be street as hell, whatever you want to call it. But them niggas love the game and all the nuances that come with being an artist. That's why it's called being an artist. They know how to like. We, an artist is pretty much like a superhero. Like you put on a whole different persona than who you really are. Who your government is. You know what I'm saying? I'm a totally different person. and it allows you to tap into that shit. Allows you to be as outlandish or you know creative as you want to be. It takes all that pressure off you. You know what I'm saying? So niggas got to know. Like if a nigga don't understand those little things like that, he out of there, bro. Like you want to be with motherfucker who you sit with and be like, man, check out this video by such and See how they doing this. Like that shit inspire you. i be like, damn, bro, you mad creative. Okay, I can fuck with you. Versus nigga who just be like, man, bro, just drop. I gotta do a freestyle. Fuck with them. N- I don't fuck with no niggas that want to do number freestyles and all that kind corny ass. You know what I'm talking about, niggas be just want to just. And be, be my, my creep is full of them niggas who just want to rap and they be like, why I ain't hot? Like, nigga, cause you doing everything everybody else doing it and it's and it's like, what's what's different about you? Nothing. You know what I'm saying? You can have all you can have all the merch if you, you can have all your merch set up. You can have, shoot as many videos as you want. You can have all the money in the world. But if you don't got, if you're not different and you don't know how to sell that shit and know the real business, you're gonna blow your bag. Yeah, exactly. You're gonna blow your bag and you're gonna blow your wad, you're gonna be out here looking crazy. Okay. And you only gonna and it's only gonna reach a ceiling because motherfuckers gonna take your money for shit show, but once you yeah. gas out, they're gonna pass you over.
2: Mm-hmm. Let's just keep it 100. I mean, as a producer or artist that's coming in with money, and I've had a lot of people come to me and say, Bro, I just spent five thousand. He I spent ten thousand here, and nothing happened. I just spent forty thousand here, and nothing happened. I didn't, but I'm the hardest rap, rapper, bro. I, I freestyle every day. I'm the hardest. Like everybody's like talking about what they did or how hard they is, but it's like, how do you like intentionally move forward every day, like actually use that talent or that money every day to actually move forward to something instead of it just always Man, paying. out to Man, I guarantee bro. this nigga's
1: not studying who who they need to be spending their money with. You know what I'm trying to say? Number one. That's that's number one. Like nigga, it's 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 so many niggas. It's so many snares and traps on the way to this shit. It's so many niggas that will take your money and promise you a, janky promoters. You know what I'm saying? So many niggas that will promise you a, the world, but you got to you got to do your background checks. And not just that, but you got to go to the real markets that really facilitate that shit, like a, a Miami or Atlanta or LA or New York. I feel like if you're not if you're spending money in no other market than that, you bullshitting. Like you don't need to be spending money back home because the thing about niggas back home, they gon' they dick ride. If, if I'm from Houston, right? They dick ride out-of-towners all the time. So why not become an out-of-towner? You know what I'm trying to say? Mm -hmm. Like, Travis Scott, we never saw Travis Scott in Houston. Not one bit. Not not ever. You know what I'm saying? The nigga was in L.A. fucking with Mike Dean, doing what he had to do, spending his money where he had to go spend his money at. Mm. You know what I'm saying? For real, bro. We never saw Travis Scott. We saw Meg every now and then, but Meg was not out in the clubs, hanging out with motherfuckers, trying to, you know what I'm saying? She, She got her circle, got her team, got her shit right, got her bread up, and went to the markets where she needed to come. She came out here. She really first blew up out here before she blew up back home in Houston. Being 100 with you. She was fucking my nigga Hot ride who does a lot of shit out here, been moving around and shit. Be breaking a lot of artists Shout out to Hot ride He do a lot, of, like, a lot of breaking for a lot of artists out of town and shit. He amazing. But um, you gotta know who to spend your money with, bro. And you gotta, like I said, you gotta surround yourself with people who genuinely love you and wanna see you really make it, bro. Like I said, if you're not spending your money in them four markets, them four main markets that's doing music shit, you're wasting your fucking time, bro. And like I said, don't get caught up in trying to press motherfuckers back home because the motherfuckers don't give a fuck, bro. And that's how. That's when envy. That's when envy, that's when envy develops. Niggas get to hating, and if it's if a motherfucker can see you every day, that means you're accessible, and and it and, and, and depreciates your value. That's why I don't go back to Houston all the time. If I do go to and, and if and, and if I go to Houston, niggas won't even know. I'll be I'll be kicking with my kids. I might do some stuff, but I'm not gonna go to Houston all the time. Cause if a nigga wanna book me, you be like, well, shit, we see you all the time in the club. Why should I pay him to do a walkthrough? Same thing with these rappers. You know what I'm saying? Don't get caught up in that shit. Like, don't get wrong. Pull up on DJs. Fuck with them. And and if you really wanna be smart, take these niggas out to dinner. Don't get, like, I see so many motherfuckers be mad at DJ for not playing his record, but do you even know this motherfucker personally? You don't. You didn't even try to. You know, this nigga meet motherfuckers every day I want to get him to play his records. That shit tires the niggas out. He don't know you, bro. And everybody, don't get me wrong, we all kings and queens, you know, all this shit, black excellence for shit show. We all feel entitled. We all feel like we... No, nigga, humble yourself. And take a step back and, you know, and learn how to do real personal relationships with people like... Like, that's what we used to do. We used to do whole little meetings with DJs. We we, we do a whole catering thing where we feed them, Make sure they good, then we play in the music. You know what I'm saying? Then like, okay, they're more comfortable, like, okay, then this nigga showing me some love, you know what I'm saying? Then we put some money in their pocket, even still, you know what I'm saying? But I can't tell you how many motherfuckers will take your money and never play your shit or never fuck with you, only if you're president. But if you build, like I said, you build a relationship with these motherfuckers and go to the right outlets and the right places to be, you gonna be good, bro. Cause like all these other cities outside Atlanta only be having like one or two niggas that's really popping in their city. Like in Detroit, you got DJ BJ. In Dallas, you got Bay A Bay Bay, you know what I'm saying? Like in um, Houston, you got Mr. Rogers and you know Kiadi and people like that who run the, like the radios and shit like that, or like just got the city on lock when it comes to what you know what's going on on the scene. Cities like Atlanta, it's a bunch city, of motherfuckers, you know stupid. what I'm saying? It goes stupid. LA same way, it's a little bit more industry in LA, of course, but even in New York, but like there's places to do things, you know what I'm saying? So key thing back to what I'm saying before I you know get off, push up is like know where you are spending your money at, my nigga. Study the game. Just go back to what I was saying earlier. Study the game. Just cause you rap good don't mean you finna pop. Yeah. Just cause you spend a couple couple thousand at the club or gave a, gave a a, a such and such DJ this amount of money. And that here's another thing, bro. Don't get impatient with the process. A motherfucker will drop us. These motherfuckers be dropping whole projects. You only know who the fuck he is. Like y'all got to stop doing that shit. Like bro, pick a song and ride that bitch out for a year, bro. Like like for real. Like your song is like a billboard, bro. Or like 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 you no know, like like a like a hood ornament on the car. Like you gotta ride that shit out to that product sells. And once people get comfortable with you and who you are, then you can give
0: them something else. You you Hold on, like, huh? let me stop for a second. So like I wanna talk about this, cause like I ain't you gonna know, lie, I kinda think I kinda think different when it comes to that. I feel like artists artist, a lot of times, I'm from Virginia, so like you know that music scene ain't shit. You know what I'm saying? A lot
1: of legends come from Virginia too though. Yeah,
0: but like but I know pretty, what you mean though. Yeah, so like I tell artists at the time, I feel like one fucker over there is a lot of like artists to uh, drop one song. And they'll sit on that bitch and probably get some local pot for a year and don't drop nothing else. So by the time they drop that shit, like
1: but that's but that's my point. What's old to you is gonna be new to somebody else. Look at Money Move. Money yeah, Move money had Mo- money Move that's had hidden. I remember hearing hidden 2017. <laughs> no, yo, yo, that shit not just popped to last year. Yeah, keep it, and that's my man's. Yeah. But he, but he waited to the right situation with the right the, 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 the right pipeline and like I said, it's old that it's old to us. But the rest of the world hidden. You know what I'm saying? So don't get, like I said, don't get caught up in yeah, that. Like, once it's, once it's reached student locally, get your ass on the road. Take what you, take the money that you made locally off that song from clubs. Don't spend it on no bullshit. Stack your bread, starve for a second. Get on the road. Network. Book your Airbnb or a hotel in Atlanta. Go nice. meet some DJs. Push your record. Show these niggas the numbers they was doing back at, back at home. Make videos. You know what I'm saying? That's the process to me. Like, you know what I'm saying? But like, don't, a for shit show don't sit on the record, but like if you if you do have a record that's a, it's a, that's that's popping and, and buzzing locally, it pretty much has a chance, especially in Atlanta, to do something substantially well if you get in the right motherfuckers' hands. So like I said, it's it's just it's just levels of shit. Like like in high school, okay, you're the best player in high school, okay. When you go to we go to college, you not you might not be the best, you know what I'm saying? you got to work up. Maybe your senior year, your junior year, you that nigga, you know what I'm saying? Some niggas are talented. They, you know they skip the league and go straight to the pros, you know what I'm saying? I look at every process like that, you know what I'm saying? It's like, okay, cool. I'm dope locally. That's like high school, college. Okay, cool. Now let me take it to being like, you know, a tier B rapper, which is them niggas who be having bangers, but you really don't know who they is, but they got a little fan base going on. Then okay, you build around that, you stole in that pot, you build from there, you learn everything you can from there, and then you excel to the next level. Tier A rapper, you know what I'm saying? And that this is how I look at shit. Everything's a fucking process to me, you know what I'm saying? And you gotta just trust it.
2: My homie, you an artist, you feel me? Now I'm just gonna be real with y'all give y'all a little story. Two artists, they like, yo, we, trying to, we finna just drop a project. Like, out of nowhere, we finna drop a project. I'm like, where's the anticipation? Exactly. You know I mean? I said, I said, where's the fanfare? Realistically, I said, if it's 13 songs in a project, how y'all gonna get 300 plays on, how y'all gonna guarantee 300 plays on every single one? I did the math. One of y'all got 5,000 followers, one of y'all got 2,000 followers. That's 7,000 people. You feel me? Literally, so 10% of that is 700. Instagram gonna show you on your engagement rate probably ten to fifteen percent of them. So you're not scaling seven thousand people. You are scaling seven hundred.
1: So you three, working you working smarter. I mean working harder, not smarter, bro.
2: So three hundred. You you got to guarantee three hundred out of seven hundred people in one day. So if it ain't no anticipation, it's like no personal relationship with the fans. You got a lot of work to do that you don't even see.
1: But niggas niggas so jaded and delusional. Like I said, everybody caught up in that. I can rap. I go hard. These people want to hear this shit. No, they don't, nigga. They don't know who you is. There's so much music. You got to think, music shit, is like fashion, bro. Shit change every two, three months. Six months since somebody new on the block. It's hard and crazy. But like I said, you don't see the full process of what they did to get there. You just be like, oh man, if he can do it, his rap's okay, the beat okay, I could be just like that. No, yeah. nigga. That nigga's probably smart as hell. Nigga know how to work them fucking numbers and build this fan base. I ain't never met a dumb ass rapper, bro. I'm just being 100 with you. Thanks. These niggas don't be dumb. That's the ones that popping. they smart, That's they crazy. know the game. Okay. The successful ones, and that's the separate. like I said, it's, that separates niggas who, like, you, for example, you can go to the court, nigga, got a mean ass jumper, but I guarantee you can't be with nobody in the league. You know what I'm saying? It's be yeah. 100, like, <laughs> that separates niggas, bro. Like, for sure, you might have yeah. a good game, for sure, but I can have a good game every fucking day of the week, nigga. I, I ball, nigga. This is what I do. You know what I'm saying? That's how you get to the pros, nigga. It is what it is.
0: So let's flip the switch. Let's flip it, because, like, right now we're talking about being real active. Like, first off, to even do this shit, your confidence got to be at an all time high.
1: Yeah, at all times. Bruh. Gotta believe me it in 2022,
0: so most of the producers now, we kind of hiding our personalities behind social media. So, like, are you big on social media before I even ask?
1: Man, I don't get caught up in that shit. I, I post and I get the fuck off. I really ain't posting. I ain't posting a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't going to lie. Like, my, all my shit, all my shit, get, all my shit of naturally off of just, off, <laughs> off of just, like, uh just being around for so long, like, and just doing me, you know what I'm saying? But, like, when I post, I might get, like, 2,000 likes or 1,500 likes and shit, but, like, me and Ju was talking about other day, nigga got to do more content. Dude. Do more shit, but I don't want to do it if it's forced. You know how yeah. I, I want to just do it naturally, organically, catch me on the scene. And like right now, I'm, I'm developing a whole little strategy of how I'm going to come and do it. But like, I really like let my music speak for itself and just building off of that shit. I'll be studying the Grace and how they do shit, like, you know, take a step back. But I don't want to just saturate a nigga with so much shit because, you know, we in an era of where it's motherfuckers who less talent than you, but just because they put more content, they get more opportunities. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I'm I'm not saying I'm grandfather than them, but I've been doing it a little bit longer. So I don't feel like I got to get caught up in that rat race of, of, trying to be this, this extra, you know, internet ass nigga, you know what I'm saying? Where it's like, I'm a real nigga through and through. I got play ass relationships. And when I talk, niggas listen, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But you know, it is just what it is. But I will say, use that shit to your advantage at all times, like, it's a tool. Why not use it, you know what I'm saying? So I'm definitely into that shit and down for it, but like, I'm not really just a heavy ass, like, man, today on Instagram, I'm doing this, y'all. I'm eating a salad, I'm over here, I'm bowling. Like you're like, nah, if, 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 I, if it's a vibe, that's why I pay a nigga to just catch, the, catch me doing some shit versus me, today I'm gonna set up this shit. And it's, it's niggas who really have, it's content houses where niggas sit all day and that's all they do is make content. It is what it is. But I feel like that will take away from my creativity. That'll take away from me making actual good music. You know what I'm saying? i I'm, you know, I'm focused on doing all this shit when I can just have somebody, okay, hey bro, here go a couple bands, such and such, record me for a month straight, just living my life. Cause I got a you know, pretty interesting life. We all do, you know what I'm saying? That's what make people fuck with you when they can feel like, man, this nigga just like me. He mm-hmm. go through the shit just like me, and I rather I rather hit him with that versus just doing some like you know gimmicky shit. I ain't really on that shit. I respect it. It is what it is. You gotta do what you gotta do, but that ain't me.
0: So what I'm leading into is like I know you get a lot of DMs with producers and like, oh my god, what's the bullshit or like shit offs you see and it be like, you know what I'm saying? If you can not correct a little bit better, we probably could have worked.
1: Man. Everybody overly confident and like nobody, it's like no respect in it. It'd be just like everybody feel like I'm, I'm, I, I, I think about this. I'm extremely humble, bro. Like if you meet me, I'm really humble as shit. And I, I always give a motherfucker a chance, but motherfuckers really would slide in your DM and talk to you like you on the same level. And like, and we'll get like disgruntled if you don't really like respond like I, you nag me to death, to fuck with you, fuck with you, fuck with you. I'm not fucking with you, bro. And the thing I hate when niggas ask me, what's your loop email? Like, don't do that, bro. I'm burnt out. I I I only fuck with like three niggas on loose, bro. <laughs> I can't fuck because all that shit sound the same. Everybody throw the arcade with the shit, blah 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 blah. Like yeah. I'm I I, I, I I like I, I, I like I like different shit, bro. I like yeah. making weird different shit. I like I got my whole team, the hit cartel, looking like everybody play instruments. It's not just like so I can make we can make our own shit, like bro. I don't yeah. need all that shit, bro. Like and just come a little bit more humbler, bro. Even the rappers be like, I had a rapper. He was like, "Damn, bro, follow me." I was like, "Bro, you only follow, you only got three hundred followers, and you following seven hundred followers. What the fuck like follow you? following?" And then I'm like, "What would it do for you for me to follow you, just so you could say June follows you? Like little shit like that, just be corny to me. Like bro, humble yourself, bro, and don't send me no video. The comment at the bottom, and like, I don't know you. Like post my shit. I don't do none of that shit. You ain't paying me to promote your shit, so I ain't finna do none of that shit. But if you dope, I fuck with you, bro. Like I got, I got, I gotta look at look how you moving first. You know, see how you how your how your people just fucking with you before I fuck with you." Cause everybody make beats now. Everybody make everybody. beats, my nigga. So you gotta know differentiate between
0: the two. I ain't gonna lie, like one of the learning lessons I learned like last year was definitely like, cause like we mainly like we make producing content. So our job is to sit in the house and make content. Yeah, and that's lit
1: though, cause niggas, we need niggas like y'all.
0: Yeah. So like last year, like sitting in the house, and when you really on the internet, you feel at this all time high on the internet. But then like, like am from Virginia, so when I moved to Atlanta, and then you actually in the industry moving around, you like. Damn, but I feel like a regular again, you feel me? Same yeah. thing you saying when like, niggas that ball outside, but then you go to the NBA, you ass, you know what I'm saying? I don't know, bro. I just, I definitely feel what you're saying, though, as far as, like, it's different levels and shit and stuff like that. I feel like people don't see that. What I'm leading to next is, I ain't going to lie, I seen you was vocal about this in the last interview, so I want to talk about this 50-50 splits. When it comes to
1: it with loops and shit? Man. <laughs> <laughs> Look, bro, and I'm going to say this shit, This last time I'm going to say this shit. I fuck with the loop, but if I gotta take your loop, make it a beat, keep mine, mind, make it a beat, bro. You ain't got no clout. Now, now say it's a producer, so you're a producer, like a fellow producer, like, like, say for example, if Buddha made a loop or made some shit for me, right? That's 50 50 out the real. That's my man's. I know you, you got clout, you, you popping, I'm popping. But if I ain't never heard of you, and this opportunity can gonna change your life, and it's just gonna keep my shit as a constant movement. You know what I'm saying? I'm off I'm not finna give you know, 50-50, bro. It's gonna be 70-30 at best. And I feel like that's still yeah. fucking good. That's still it's life-changing. You know what I'm saying? Cause I'm the one that gotta build a relationship. I'm the one that gotta get get the shit off to the motherfucker to do it. And I feel like that's that in itself comes with a percentage. Cause that's what the manager would do. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Okay. When the manager puts you in the dog's place, and they get 10, 15, 20% of what you did, because they the one that put the play together. So if I put the play together and I made half the record with you, nigga's up, niggas 70-30. And I and I do good business at all times. Don't get me wrong, now if you're my click. I don't do my niggas with my clique like that. Yeah. I'm gonna give them 50 50. It's been times where I took an L for them because I'm already good. Okay. There's been times where I took 20 and gave a nigga 80 because he's sleeping on his mama couch. And I know if he, if he do this shit right, he'll be good. You know what I'm saying? I look out for especially if you're from my city. I look out for my niggas because I got a special place in my heart for niggas where I come from. And I feel like that's my job as an older nigga, you know, who leading you in know, the whole new group. Of, I got a bunch of kids back home, like a bunch yeah. of niggas who are baby Junes back home, just being 100 with you. But like, I'm gonna look out for you. If I fuck with you, I'm gonna definitely put you in a better position than you have been because. Niggas ain't never did that shit for me. You know what I'm saying? So it go it go different ways. But if I never heard of you, you just email me some shit off the humbug, bro. And you just, it, it was what it was, nigga. I appreciate what you did, but it's 30 off the rib, bro. And I feel like that's damn good. I, I know some niggas that will hold the shit out of you and give
0: you five. Facts. I, I've Facts. seen it with my own 30 mind. really good, especially when you talk Facts. about like, what you were saying, 200,000, yeah, yeah. 30% of that, nigga. Yeah. That's, Come on, man. It's good. A,
1: and and you getting that shit for the rest of your life.
0: One thing I feel like when I talk to a lot of like younger producers, like younger than me, I feel like a lot of producers now, because of social media, they're looking at business from their yeah. own perspective. Yeah, like, this is this is my, this is like, when they think of business, they close their eyes and be like, this is my circle. This is how I think business should be. And like, when you really like here and doing shit, I feel like you need to accept reality for what it is. Exactly. Like, at the end of the day, you're not going to get a percentage or something off of how talented you is. Because it's not like that no more. It it's off your brand. It's you feel me? Brand.
1: Man, i fuck your head even more. Bro, I remember, you got to think, that nigga. For was under Teddy Riley, bro. He did a lot of shit for Teddy Riley, uncredited. didn't get paid for none of that shit. It's one song called Zoom, Zoom, some shit like that. All I wanna do is zoom, 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 Listen to that song. That's for real on the that's for real on the motherfucking saxophone. That's for real, bro. That nigga get paid for that shit, bro. You know what I'm saying? He paid his dude, stayed down. Ten years later, Neptunes. Now, what if people got in his feelings and burned the bridge with Teddy Riley? You never heard for yeah Just keep it in the buck, bro. Pay your dues, my nigga. Like, just pay your dues, but it's it's better out here where it's like, because like, that, that goes back to loving the game and seeing that, okay, it's lighted in this tunnel and I know what I'm doing. I mean, so many motherfuckers would be like and the thing is, niggas, don't even know, niggas who ain't in the game don't even know how the game work. They don't know that just because the song that came out, nigga, you ain't going to get paid, you ain't going to get the advance for three or six months. It takes that long for the whole process of paperwork and Producer agreements and this side settling with this side and this label getting back to your manager at, this, at the right time it takes a whole lot, lot of time. And if you're broken, and, and I know how I feel when you starve starving, you want it all. But I'm saying that's why you got to be able to be popping locally and be able to feed yourself every damn week. Like I never never had to, I never fretted about no advances or nothing like that because I could sell a million, I could, I could, sell, I could literally sit on my ass in the trap or not no a trap shit, but like in, the, in the streets and sell beats off my laptop and make 10 bands in, in one week. This is back then before I had hits. You know what I'm saying? Because I just knew how to groove with niggas. I was living off that shit. I, been, I, ain't, I ain't had a regular job since I was 17, bro. So it's like, I've been selling beats this whole fucking time. So I know how to do that shit. I ain't never had to. And there's so many other ways you can do that shit, like beat stars and other kind of ways to sell yourself as a producer, as an entity. And then you can jump into the other lane. You know what I'm saying? But like, so many niggas that be on some broke shit and be like, man, I need my advance and so I need this right now. Nigga, hustle, Get nigga. Money, Get your own money, money nigga. Like, if you really depend on eating on advances, nigga, you're not going to eat. It's going to take forever, nigga it just is what it is.
2: Social media got. I feel like this shit just. I don't know. Takes away. Takes away most of our. Cause it did it to me before. You know, what I said it takes away our confidence to really be able to stand up yeah. and, and look at yourself and be like, I could. If he could do it, I could do it. Like uh, Jay Z said, if, yeah. if I could do it, you could do it. But if you if you can't do it, you can't do it. I feel like that shit really takes away from this industry. It's you know a because what, I mean?
1: it, what it created it was a microwave society. Like I said, where people just see instant shit and everybody wants instant gratification. And everybody feels like we're peers. We're not peers, which, and when I say that, I don't mean that's a bad thing. I'm just mean that it's just levels of things, bro. True. It, it, it's, it's, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that we. I'm not saying we can't be on the same level, but at the same time, it's just like I mean. I knew, I remember coming up that I was dope, but I know I didn't. I didn't pay though. And, and, it is, and it has nothing to do with talent. It has to do with longevity and how long you've been doing something, and paying your dues, and creating, like, you know, creating a fan base and creating people that love what you do. Like I met hell producers back in the day, back in the crib, who I was shitting on, but they had. Everybody fucking with them, you know, fucking with them. I had to sit there and wait, my turn. And what I did, instead of getting my feelings, I learned how to do all they did better than them. And then when it was my turn to do what I had to do, I took off farther than them niggas. You know what I'm saying, you never know, you never know your potential, but if you sit there and you, you back off and you, see, and you slow the fuck down, bro, slow the hell down, breathe for a second, be confident in yourself, and don't be afraid to do groundwork, my nigga. Don't be afraid to do fucking groundwork. Don't be afraid to talk to people and open your fucking mouth and, and be in these rooms with motherfuckers. like I, I, I'm always about to take a, chance, take a chance to make champions, bro. The only thing they're going to tell you is fucking no. But I'd rather, I'd rather be told no than regret me never trying ever ever when it comes to anything. You know what I'm saying? Just being 100 with you. And I feel like, like you said, takes away from a lot, of niggas, a lot of niggas thinking of that because motherfuckers be like, man, she like, I'm seeing this shit right there. I want this right now because I'm seeing it right now. Back in the day, we didn't see that shit, bro. We had to. I remember back in the day, you had to go go to the club to see a rapper. You had to go. You had to go. You had to go hit the streets to see a star. You had to go to the street, like that was a big deal. Now that shit ain't nothing. You go on the phone right now and see a bunch of celebrities doing their thing. Like it's nothing. So it makes everything jaded. It makes everything simple. You know what I'm saying? Makes everything look a little, a little easier. And I'm not saying get starstruck, but I remember that used to be a big fucking deal seeing a celebrity. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It was a big deal. Now all this shit's at your fingertips, so everybody feel like. We all on the same level. And that's what I mean by level. And you're not, bro, because you didn't do what you had to do to get to that person's level. So humble yourself, slow down, and network. And I feel like that's the beauty of it, bro. Like, that's the beauty of the game. If everything came to you uh, uh, one time, you, would not, you wouldn't You even know how to appreciate okay. it. You wouldn't mm-hmm. appreciate it, bro. Like, you going to be like, this is how I got all these stories to tell, nigga, which is based on my testimony. One day, a nigga like you or anybody will know when you, I'm like, y'all niggas popping to me, y'all niggas fire. You know what I'm saying? Like, when you get to a level, because about, but I know it's a level that you know that you want to get to, that you believe that you can get to. You know what I'm saying? When you get to that level that you want, because I it's levels, it's levels upon levels. Like when I make, when I when I do something, okay, bet. I'm on to the next thing. Like right now, I wanna be bigger than everybody else. Did I done got people some places, but I know I'm trying to be on some callous shit. I'm trying to like really produce records, meaning like not make the beat, but like facilitate the whole process of a hit. Meaning like putting the money behind it, being able to fuck with these labels and everybody, you know what I'm saying? I wanna take my shit to another level. I wanna get me, niggas so tired of June James. Yeah, it's a brand, you know what I'm saying? That's, that's the level I'm going to take it next. Like, that's the level I wanna go to. I have no problem doing it in my 30s, going to my 40s. I'm cool with that. I'm 30, bro. I have 10 years to do that next level, but it's okay. DJ Khaled, damn near 50 years old. You know what I'm saying? Like, it is what it is. Like, when it happens, it, it's crazy, bro. But you gotta appreciate all this shit because you're developing so many relationships that's gonna come back and bless you when you get there, you know what I'm saying? But you just take your time, my nigga, because at the end of the day, it's just, if it's for you, it's for you. If it ain't, it ain't. But if you love this shit, consistency always pays off. It always pays off. You're not gonna take no L. In no kind of way, you're gonna make it happen, bro. Y'all niggas gonna be just fine. Yeah. I tell y'all niggas that all the time.
2: I'm ask both of y'all something. When it comes to that split shit, if you, if let's say me and you do a record, and, I, and then and I'd be like, bro, I, didn't, I didn't done all this full work around, bro. Not me and you, that's different. We, we don't give a fuck. Somebody else, you know what I'm saying? You like, hey, I'm gonna give you 20% because my business management team, my manager, my lawyer, my attorney, Everybody was involved in getting this done. You know what I'm saying? Getting this song to the artist. For the younger producers, they think that's an L. They don't know what a win is. They think it's an L. Like they don't know what a win is. Like you said, five percent. If you got five percent on the Drake record, is that an L or a win? If you got 2% of Drake record, it's a dub. L- you,
1: as long as you getting credited, I feel like it's always a it's dub. It's always a dub. Because it's, it's money that you didn't have before. Anything that you make before that you didn't have before it's always a dub to me. That's why well, sometimes like, like our artists going to talk shit about labels and shit that they signed to. Like, I didn't get paid for this. But then look who you was before you signed and look who you is now. You know what I'm saying? You wouldn't have had that shit if you didn't sign that label. You wouldn't have had that shit if you would have jumped down with certain people and did what you had to do and create, you know what I'm saying? You would have been still in the hood, yeah. doing local shit, capping yourself off because you was too good for it. I meet artists like that all the time who are amazing, dope, but they don't, they so scared to take a chance. It's so, it's so funny, I remember I remember going to a panel, and that nigga Sunny Digital said some shit, for real, you're going to get fucked, bro. You're going to get fucked. Everybody gets fucked, bro. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But it's like... After that, it is what it is, it's on you. Like you go, everybody gets fucked bro. I done been I done, I done signed some crazy shit. Came back and bit me in my ass, but I learned from that, it made me a fucking beast. You know what I'm saying? Yes. You're gonna get fucked, bro, but it's about how lightly the fucking gonna be. You know what I'm saying? Depending <laughs> on how you look at the shit, bro. You know what I'm saying? But like, like I said, I don't ever think that's a L. It only becomes an L when you already in the game and niggas start trying to lowball your ass. Yeah. But that also goes with you depreciating your brand by making certain moves and you are not keeping consistency going and getting caught up in the hype. I, you, you, know, you, you know, I mean, nigga who be like, I'm Mr. Such and Such, I produce this record. You be like, okay, so what have you done lately? That don't mean shit, bro. Right. <laughs> like B-100, bro, like if be niggas who really name themselves, I'm Mr. Such and Such after the record they produce. That shit corny as hell, bro. I'm Mr. Such and Such. Like for real, bro, I mean, if back at home, you be like, I'm Mr., I'm Mr., I am mister i am mister i do I want to say no niggas' names, the niggas don't think I'm talking shit, but all niggas know who the fuck y'all is. But I'm just saying like, it be like that. Like, I never, get, I never get caught up in what I done did, bro, because I know so much to be done. And I know so many people who, some people who done did way more than me. So I'll be right that, in that, that, that sweet spot. I'll be like, okay, cool. Like, every time I drop a record, bro, I'll be like, next. Next, 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 next. Now I want more, because at the end of the day, they're going to love you today, they're going to hate you tomorrow, and they're going to love you again, bro. So why, I'm just being 100. So while you hot, tax the shit out of these niggas, bro. Get your money. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It is what it is. When you, on your, when you got your downtime, Create. That's just your time to re- re- revamp yourself and re- come out with some fire shit. You know what I'm saying? That's why some niggas take breaks like that because it's like I, I don't want to oversaturate shit. And, I- and-, and the hype was so real before. I don't want to come out with. Well, you saw what happened to Roddy, like nigga, damn there deleted his little account because niggas, because the hype, because the first album was so good. We're not saying that the shit you dropped wasn't good, but we was expecting great since the last one was just great, yeah. bitch. Like the box did diamond, bro. Like we want, we, want, <laughs> we want another, we want another diamond record from your ass. So when you set the bar high like that. It is what it is, bro. Yeah. So take your time when it comes to that shit. You, you know, you got to think, I wouldn't even, I ain't going to I, I would have came out with no project, bro. I would have took my time, because you got to think, he's sleeping on a nice-ass pillow of money. I've been touring, doing shows, you know what I'm saying, and just developing, as, making as many songs as I can, I, like a thousands of songs. I'm not, I'm not, I don't know his creative process and shit like that, but like I'm saying, I would have made so much shit in years, I would have I dropped the album for like two, three years in y'all ass. Because one, when I came out, like that's what Kendrick do. Every time Kendrick come out, that shit is next level, because he understands the nuances behind making a great album, not just putting something out just to satisfy the consumer. You know what I'm saying? Fuck that.
2: He should have invested into the people before he dropped the album. He should have (laughs) invested straight into the people for like a whole year. So let me say this A whole year.
0: When you take big, when you're gone for that much time, like how do you stay relevant though without supplying the supply? to the people. Let's say say from like a producer or a content standpoint, you feel me? Like how... Same I feel thing.
1: It's the same thing, and, and you know, and some producers generally don't really want to be seen. Like I, I know a lot of producers who like who really like. I know niggas who got way more plaques than me, and some of my niggas who you'll never know. And they sleep, they they living in the Calabasas with a with a three story mansion and five five car garage with Lambos and whips. I'm like, bro, damn, you going crazy? Some niggas want to be seen, some niggas don't. It's about what you want out of the game, and I I don't judge neither side. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It is what it, if you're able. To, the thing about producers is not even, I mean, the, all the content shit, that shit is cool if you want all the extra attention. Some people really don't want all the extra attention. Some people like really are reclusive and just want and don't care about being popular. They're popular to people who matter, meaning like they're popular to the, to the gatekeepers and niggas who cut them fucking checks. You know what I'm saying? I'd rather be a nigga like that than being, an, and I'm not knocking either side, but I'd rather be a nigga who cool and popular with the motherfuckers who cut them checks and get me in the doors with the motherfuckers versus a nigga who I'm just popular. You know what I'm saying? Because you know a lot more popular niggas who popular are broke than the motherfucker. Okay, just being one hundred and no good. products, no, nothing. And you can't. And so you, so you know, overhype yourself. Versus, I would rather be on this end where the hype is real. And all I gotta do is just turn on the switch and let you see that the hype is real. Versus, nigga, all right, all right, what's, all right, cool. What you, what you got going on? What does what, what shit sound like? Ah, oh, no, this nigga's bullshit. Then that shit, all that work you put in to be hype goes right back now. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So it is just what it is. Like I know niggas who generally don't give a fuck about being seen. Like, like that nigga Oz, Oz. Nigga made, nigga do never see OZ. The yeah. nigga made all them hits from Drake and shit like that. You don't never see this nigga, he don't do no content. He just post his shit, get the fuck off. The nigga got diamond on diamond. Okay. He, he made everything, bro. Niggas like T-minus. Niggas don't give a fuck about what the fuck going on, nigga. Okay. They popping, they doing what they want to do, living their life. And I, and I, that's, that's kind of like the generation I'm really in. Like I'm in, the, in between both. Like the old niggas and the young, I'm right in the middle of that shit. So I get the content shit, I get it, but like just have your product to back it up because a lot of niggas gas themselves out real fast. You know what I'm saying? It is it is what it is.
2: Sometimes I see like that split between like the new school, like the new, the new way that everything's being done. Like, a lot of people don't understand. Like, a lot of these reels and TikToks, when you hear them sounds playing over and over, like somebody collecting from them shit. Exactly. Somebody collecting them from them songs on the back of the TikToks and reels. And even in content, like I feel like it's just different ways of business. There's logo businesses where people see the logo and they say, hey, hey. And then some people don't even realize that day of business. When somebody see your face and they say, you know what I'm saying? It's two different ways. I feel like internet industry or making content or just making beats. Or all that shit is different formulas. You can have your own formula. You can have a goddamn Patreon. Just you know what I'm saying? Take that to the max. I done seen some Patreons that make sixty bands a month. Right. You feel me? Seventy. Like they ain't got nothing to do with no music or do it. Right. They you know what I'm saying? It's just and that's yes, what I'm saying. Own Just, and exactly, bro. You know what Everybody, saying?
1: Everybody's entitled to their perception of happiness. That's what life is all about. It's not about, about it. keeping up with the Joneses. It's not about impressing nobody. It's about what's your perception of happiness and your level of success. That's why I can never judge a motherfucker working a nine to five. Because mm-hmm. I know motherfuckers with millions of dollars were fucking miserable. I know niggas who work nine to fives, they go home happy every fucking day, smiling, lit. You know what I'm okay. saying? So and it's the same thing with that type of shit. It's like, what do you really want out this shit? Now, if you want to be this nigga and you want to do all that shit, that's on yeah, you. Exactly. Go all the way in. Now, if you don't, just at the end of the day, we trying to make some fucking money at the end of the day. All that other shit is cute. But as long as you're making your money and carrying yourself, that's all that fucking matter. Cap or not cap. As long as you're making money, I'm respecting <laughs> it, bro. I don't care. You can be the, you know what I'm saying, to be 100. I know yeah. niggas who be making M's out content. I know niggas making M's out placements. No cap. As long as you're making money, that's all that matters yeah. at the end of
0: the day. This don't be no broke ass nigga. It could easily be a three, two hour interview. My bad. Y'all. Me? Shit, nigga, talk this, this could easily be a two hour interview, but we just gonna stop it here. Um, June said he gonna cook up So we gonna make it's some fire so- shit You feel me But damn I don't know Shit Why well, should it be about three, four times You feel me I ain't even gonna cap. It's real raw It's real raw it's real We gonna cut raw. it right here We could obviously talk about a lot more But I just feel like All this info we just talked about right here Is really what you need It ain't even about like But I need to know Exactly how you got that and So I could do it It's more, more about the mental shit You feel me That go behind everything You feel me I feel like this interview we got a couple interviews like this, like Buddha, Bless, Ill Mind. Like, if you just watch these three back to back, bro, really straight, you feel me? So with that being said, I don't know if this cook-up going to be in this video or we're going to do a separate, but we just going to get straight into this cook-up, wrap up this interview. Um, appreciate you for all the gems you I no, appreciate for you real, for helping you me? bro.
1: It's an overdue, man. I, you know, I, I love this shit. I love And I love what y'all doing, bro. Shout out to all y'all niggas, bro. Much love and respect, bro. Yeah. Keep doing
2: this shit. The, the community needs this shit, man. Much love.